I don't talk over John when he speaks, so that means I need to delay myself. Hmm. I mean, I would welcome you to speak over me. What? Huh? He wants no, you not to during do reading, though. so many things over him. Hmm. And on and in. Oh man, how are we? How are we doing? Breathing. Last time I checked, I was too. Uh, from what I understand, though, still a very bad habit. I've been trying to cut down. <gasps> so. <sighs> There that is a, was the sound of the entire <laughs> last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a, a, a meme that was sent to me that kind of encapsulates uh, last week's episode. Okay. And it's a, uh, it's a stick figure standing next to a genie saying, I wish I was fearless. And the genie goes, it is done. Poof. And then the stick figure goes, great, now I can kill myself. And the genie's like, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose we can we can just, you know, use that as our means to dive right into the show, but before we do that, let's lest we get ahead of ourselves. By the Eternal. Behold. Behold! It's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And I'm drinking. <laughs> just, I can watch the beer just move into your screen. Do you know how I knew that last week's episode was, for lack of a better word, fucked? Mm. We fucked up the Beholt. Like, there was like a like a sad hand job of a Beholt. Well, I we mean, were admittedly... We were out from the gate. You had just slapped us in the face with the shit piss poutine. <laughs> yeah, I... I Which... I couldn't... I couldn't Beholt oh. it. I well, I've, I've, I've learned that I can't sexually charge you guys at the start of an episode. I have to hold off until mid to end. There you got to warm nothing... us up to that. Like, I'm going to also just let's let's recalibrate here for a moment. There's nothing sexual about that at all, unless you have a depth of depravity heretofore unseen in this particular room, because I do not need anyone to defecate or urinate on me in order for me to be aroused. In fact, it's quite the opposite effect. He didn't ejaculate on that. His tits were not involved. He didn't, you, you know, we like didn't see the end of the, the video. Routine. We didn't see the end of the video. I don't he know. Maybe he did. The Velveeta had to trickle down his balls first but or something. What I'm saying, or what I'm trying to say, is that if Ridley Scott and H.R. Geiger can get away with saying that aliens is just a sexual metaphor, then I can also say the same thing about the poutine. I'm not sure they've ever specifically said that. Yeah, I'm okay, going so to have to cite that source there, bro. I, I will cite it. Ooh. Uh, it is the fifth disc on the Alien uh, anthology set. Now where we there is a discs you've had. Right. <laughs> uh, it is the doc that... that kind of unfolds alien i think shane you've right. watched it probably oh yeah 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 they really scott really scott in particular talks about how sexual uh all the design is supposed to be like how sexual uh, it's supposed to evoke sexuality yes i don't think that the entire film series is a metaphor for sexual i didn't say the but series but i mean, I said but I mean alien. it's kind of, but alien like there's very minimalist portion of that that really involves the actual impregnation sequence yeah, but so. then you have you have uh, fucking Gildo Gaggins shoving uh, the magazine down Ridley's throat, or at least trying to once uh, once he goes. Yeah, all, I would all say there are it. aspects of it, but I mean, like I they're you know, saying I, he was saying that Geiger's like his his whole design for the alien. Oh yeah, whatever. Like the alien, the monster in particular, and then also the scenery hmm. on on the sh- the derelict ship. 
Yes. Is, uh, a- anyway, which that's constitutes a- about like a sixteenth of that film yeah. when that's you really a- go into runtime. Yeah, it's a sloppy Sigourney segue into saying that I have completed every Alien movie. Um, that's properly involved in the timeline. I'm not talking AVP or anything like that. But, right, right. Um, yeah, Resurrection was a joke. That, it's tough. It, it's tough. Oh, man. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I still had fun watching it. I think that's mm. that's where the conversation always lies. Is like, is it a good movie? No. Is it a fun movie? Yes. From the director of Amelie, you would expect nothing less. And I've never seen that, but now I want to because I think... If I understand correctly, he got shafted the same way David Fincher got shafted on Alien 3, where the the studio basically kind of like hindered a lot of the things that they wanted to do. In fact, on his uh, preamble to the movie, he's like, this isn't a director's cut because I'm happy with what I put out. This is them doing a special edition where like things weren't exactly where we where they wanted it to be. So they've gone back and done these things. It's very, yeah, has like a subtext of like pity (laughs) i think it's his film was probably the least doctored out of the entire saga basically comparatively uh fincher's was the one i mean they basically just you know duct taped the thing together with bits of cardboard and you know chewed gum so it yeah i think he really more of saying there were added bits of footage that they put back into the film but i don't think it was that they were editorializing whereas they have David Geiler and Walter Hill have really made a point of editorializing and like fucking that entire series as often as humanly possible. So I, I will say the uh, I don't remember the term that they have for it in the community for Alien Three, but it's whatever the director's cut or the uh, like extended version of the movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, came about like was rumored like you had to like pirate that video for a long time before mm-hmm. the uh, the anthology came out. It's the Fincher cut, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's not my favorite, hmm. but it definitely had me the most engaged. Maybe it's because I'm biased because I really like David Fincher and I want to enjoy everything that he does. Uh, but I think there are a lot of cool things and themes that they, they hit on in Alien 3 as opposed to the other two. Have you uh, watched the all the like making of documentaries for those as well? No, that's that's another project of mine. You you need to because the whole concept for Alien Three, like he didn't even have a shooting script when they went in to make that movie. By the time he was on set, they were handing him pages of the script as he was shooting. Jesus so Christ! You Damn. have no editorial control of how that film came out. So I mean that there is any semblance of thorough storyline or through line is just a marvel. It's ghastly. So yeah, that's incredible because I was thinking because. Uh, the whole point of the rewatch is so that I could get to Prometheus and Alien Covenant, okay. which I know, uh, you know, with any franchise, there's going to be arguments on which the best installments are. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that those are uh, the ones in particular, but they're the ones that I have the most fun with because I saw them in theaters. I, you know, you get the you know chumminess of um, of that. But I was thinking how awesome it is for Ridley Scott that he got to start it with Alien and then mm-hmm. he got to come back on his own terms and then continue on. And basically, by doing a prequel canonically avoid what people did to his original idea (laughs) so by the time you hit covenant it is just a bloody panic inducing spectacle because i think oh jesus yeah in every act of that movie there is a moment where you're like ugh. like it is it's like he he was like you know what alien was its, its own thing in time and if i could do it again now this is what i would do and that's what he did 
Yeah, I feel like Prometheus has a lot more cohesion to me plot-wise than Covenant does. Agreed. Yeah, Covenant feels like a paper doll kind of movie where they just had plot points they wanted to get to and they strung it together with the most sort of like tangential sort of bits of storyline to for connective tissue. But if if Resurrection would have been executed as well as Covenant was executed, I think we would be having a different ranking. And the, we've officially lost 15 of 16 listeners, <laughs> including Michael. I mean, there there may be some alien fans out there. You you never know. I, I don't even know what an alien is. I thought we were trying Trump. to keep them out of the country. Damn, damn it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Damn it, you uh, Well, you know, speaking of uh, losing the plot, how about last week's show? Because I feel the... I've never blacked out from drinking before, but I feel like if I was to have blacked out, it would have been last week. Because I don't remember anything. In fact, I was reading, uh, I finished reading a book today, and as they sloppily tried to put together like a satisfying ending, heavy water came up. And I was like, heavy water? Why does that sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I'm sorry I put you that far to sleep with my episode. No, uh, I think there are important (laughs) lessons to be learned, and we are constantly refining our methods here, and I think it brought up a lot of really interesting points for me as I started listening back. The critic, any criticism, I should say, the the feedback I got, because it's not critical, but uh, most of the conversations I've had were people saying, roughly, if I'm paraphrasing, they didn't have enough breadcrumbs to get home by the Mm. time we got three quarters of the way through. And I think, one, taking nothing away from you, you readily admit that trying to put together a coherent narrative is not necessarily always your strong suit. And so the some the, a lot of the things surrounding one the plot of trying to take over that plant and the British incursion and the Norwegians and the versus the British and all the things like it's a convoluted plot to begin I, with. I got too big for my britches there. I I was like, oh, I'm going to include every single part of this thing instead yes. of. I, I should have made it like you know like the the Hobbit. I should have made it into a stretched out three part series. Then I could have known the detail. No, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> dense. No, I honestly should have just done the 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 sinking, like well, so maybe maybe a paragraph of there's a dude trying to right. sink this. The positive I would say is the passion, because you got excited enough where you were like, this episode is going to blow your fucking mind, right? And like you put so much hard work into it, and that's the cool part to me. However. The thing- I- I don't I, even think I, my thing is breadcrumbs. I think mine is just intelligence, and I'm just never going to be there. Oh, uh, you don't you don't have to try and boost me up by letting yourself down. It, I I kind of agree. Like I haven't listened to it aside from editing it because I I'm still like a couple of episodes behind on my listening through of everything. But I definitely know that I should have either completely scrapped all the middle part. So intro fine, actual op- last operation fine. But I should have just cut out all the middle stuff because I think that's where I lost everything. And instead of just like a paragraph. This is the situation. Go. Um, I think it because was I drew, fun. I drew it on too long. I think the the idea of like the the plot in and of itself is interesting, and I I'm was I was particularly actually piqued by that section. I think it is one 
we can't instruct scientific principle on here very readily. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> and it's not what the podcast was built for. I think we talked about this just even with the pilot episodes of the things that you sent me initially is like, we, we can't really indoctrinate people that well. And listen, <laughs> uh, I'm, I am sure there are throngs of people out there who could not give a shit about cinema at all. So listening to John and I drove on from time to time is probably just anathema to them as well. What it really kind of brought into focus for me was a, a really interesting idea comparatively where I'm like, we should keep the concept of the show compartmentalized within the show itself. So that, like, my thought was the episode doesn't have to be an entire let's go full deep dive into things. Because, one, it's not really riveting to listen to someone read for, you know, 40 minutes of just, okay, well, here's a Wikipedia article. What I thought of is the contrast of, like, the Exorcist episode versus that last couple episodes or things. The example that I brought up for myself was the Stanford Prison Experiment where it's an interesting thing in concept, but my God, it was so text-heavy that by the time you get through, you're like, I don't care anymore. Like, this is an hour and a half of us just reading nonsense. Whereas, like, let's take a half an hour, and if it's something that, one, we're familiar with enough that we can off-the-cuff shoot something, we're like, I know it, and I can off the top of my head give it to you. Kind of like a drunk history. Right, that helps, where you're not just going, okay, well, here's something I have no familiarity with. And, like, The Night Witches was really interesting, and I was into the concept but i would never have found that on my own so i couldn't sort of off the cuff just give you an ad-libbed sort of proviso of okay well here's what it was and here's what you know surrounded it where like i can go off about the alien franchise for probably an hour and a half and not skip a beat because i'm familiar enough with it so there's some of the organic flow through that i feel like we lose if we try to get into topics we're not familiar with and so my thought was, is, and this is just purely for discussion amongst the three of us here, because, mm. you know, we're who's listening. Uh, <laughs> like, the idea if we're going to do the topic of the show where we give a topic and we bullshit, it should be like, if we can fit it into under a half an hour, sounds good. I like yeah. that. It's kind of a, it's like a marriage between the original idea and mm-hmm. then... What Michael really enjoyed, which is at the end of the topic, having the elevator pitch. Yeah. Like, if you remove the need for an elevator pitch by condensing it down to, like, a, a consumable, like a pill, you know? Yeah. like Because um, you want it to be bite-sized. Like, you yeah, don't want to have like, to have a master's degree in nuclear physics in order to understand it or care about the entire yeah, oeuvre of Ridley Scott yeah. to get this thing. Yeah. Or to, uh, to Michael's point, uh, past Michael's point, and I, I quoted it to uh, to Asher... Uh, over the last week when we were partied up it's the bar conversations like i was just the, about to say yeah, that yeah when you're yeah, when yeah, you're at yeah. the bar and you're sitting down having pints you don't have a topic ready to to go and every time i've seen someone try to pass somebody an article to read at a bar they're like oh yeah cool thanks i'll totally read that mm-hmm. or it's like oh instead of taking the phone to read it be like oh yeah just send me it and then you send the, the thing and i can tell you that out of for every 10 articles that someone has me go look up, I probably read one. Unless I really, really respect you and, and know that it's going to be interesting. And it's something that kind of punches your particular button, which we can't really do for everybody because we all have different tastes. We all have different interests. And so we kind of our Venn diagram has to meet 
at certain points. And if we don't have overlap, like Michael doesn't know a lot of the movies we talk about because he has no frame of reference for it. I've heard and... of these things called talkies, but I don't think I've ever seen one. I don't think you're supposed to say that anymore. Ouch. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> But Rough. the strength of a lot of the episodes we've talked about is kind of where Michael will say that he's laying a topic down and then we just riff off of it or we rip him apart because of it. It's because we are just having an organic conversation. Yeah. Which is what the real strength of the show is becoming for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we sandwich the topic with saying, okay, well, here's the segment of the show where we get into whatever you know the the show premise is but we'll have our our chatty bits up front and then whatever our other segments are like the my immortal has become a recurring segment which is Mm -hmm. a lot of fun and i dig it so i think it gave me a really good lesson about how to refine our methods going forward and not keep ringing the same bell of like well here's another 12 pages i pulled off wikipedia and edited together slapdash yeah 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 fumble fuck our way through for 40 minutes because i i did like the conversation that we had prior to the episode the actual like topic like i do like having uh like this is a hypothetical scenario where we actually do get more than three listeners at once but like reading feedback you know discussing you know prior episodes and stuff like that like kind of just like engaging with the audience Mm -hmm. maybe telling a couple of funny stories because you know that's what we do because this is us catching up with each other Uh, and then like a little a little like um, quick, you know, hey, here's something funny or something lighthearted. Like, uh, I really enjoyed us going over the rules of the internet or uh, the uh, yeah. the initial covering of the worst fan fiction or the, the Exorcist because, like, you don't need a lot of background information to completely understand it. And it's so segmented that you don't need to build off of – you don't need to set up – set a scene – for right. each everything because i think that was the main thing that i failed at last time was that in order to explain the story in a satisfying way i needed to make it a movie and right. we don't need movies in this there are people better than i that tackle topics such as that and you can easily find them on youtube well if you <laughs> want to get into or porn hub true <laughs> we can do deep dives, and I think that might be something where if we talk about actually branching off into doing Patreon or doing other things. Where, yeah, you know, y- yeah, that would be if, fine. Like, if, if you have if there's the greatest enough, hits, yeah. If there's enough interest in it. But I feel like, especially recalling the feedback that like people like Steven uh, and other people have said, like the more organic sort of like lighthearted discussions are, are more enjoyable than the... I'm going to learn you about espionage and World War II. And, and I feel especially now it's just as important to have organic conversation or to have that feel for a show because of everything that's going around. Like, I don't I don't approach my days wanting to, like, dive deep into a, a topic that often. Just I because thought for I, a second you were going to say die instead of dive. Oh, no, I want to die every day. <laughs> we all want to die. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, why I was like, wait, you don't want to top, uh, approach topics like you want to like, die? I've taken a break from all of my podcasts that I enjoy that do focus on like dissecting a topic each week just because it's just it's not the consumable that I need to get through this pandemic year. Mm. It's too um, heavy. It's like if you need to have that if you need to pull focus on something where like if I'm listening to it one if it doesn't engage or engross me that readily if I have to stop and be like, okay, if I have to rewind it to remember what was said, or Melissa, when we were listening through, when I was screening the episode, had moments where she's like, what was what was happening? What's going on? And you'd kind of have to stop. And then I had to 
pull myself of like, okay, well, here's what I remember was happening and here's what went down. So kind of like re-paraphrasing over again. And I thought the easy way for us to refer to it from this point forward, my thought for it was for those, and this is probably my generation versus your generation, the reading rainbow pitch. Of uh, if you remember back in the day, like for the reading rainbow, the kids would talk about it's like, hey, here's a book that I read, and they give you like the twenty to thirty second, like the elevator pitch for the book, as opposed to saying, I'm going to read this entire children's book to you, and we're going to go on a ride together. So it it that was what uh, you know it, it evoked for me. The reason that all of this popped up for me as well, have, John, I'm sure you've heard this ad nauseum from me previously. Have I gone into my explanation of geeks versus nerds on here previously? I don't think you have. And I, I, I in the last I've, two weeks, I've listened to essentially all the episodes. So God, I'm say, just going to interrupt VM. John. Just talk over him because yeah. that's what he does to me. Uh-huh. Also, I see he's on his phone. I'm like trying a kid to in the back. Research, research a topic real quick. He's pulling up Pornhub. Oh, how many tabs you got? <laughs> uh, one, two. This, if you count my phone as a tab, this would be three tab, John. Okay. <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, okay. But well, no, no, I, I, I want to hear this. This is actually so a good topic. The joys of studying the uh, etymology uh, as opposed to etymology, which uh, Mr. Isn't Stephen Cleveland bugs? would be. Yes, that is bugs. Yes! Ha! <laughs> Mr. Stephen Cleveland made a point of pointing that out to me at one point when I was speaking and got a little flummoxed with my tongue and had to take the wrapping off of it. And it slid closer to entomology than it did to etymology. So the origin of the term geek uh, is from the carnivals, where the geek was the individual who bit the heads off of animals in the freak show. Which is fun, yes. Yeah, it's not something that is probably that was... readily known for people, but yeah, the geek in the circus is the guy who would go and bite. So for people who sort of profess to be geeks about things, one, don't know that probably very likely. It's because that's the noise that the animal made. It's, yeah, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so the Ozzy Osbournes of the world who just readily went around pulling bats heads off. So the the way that that has kind of helped to faction the lines to me is, so if you're a nerd, you are naturally and organically passionate about something that most people are not. So if you love mathematics and you want to sit around and calculate the trajectory of a rocket that's going to leave Earth in order to escape the gravitational pull and move around a particular axis in order to intercept another point in space, and that titillates you, see, Michael just yawned at that explanation. <laughs> I was pretending to yawn, and then I actually did yawn. See, there you go. But if that like hits your woo-woo button and you're excited about it obviously you know that's you're a nerd for mathematics it's just something that you are fascinated with which most people by and large are not going to be fascinated with are we gonna i would wager physics is probably going to fall into that scale somewhat there's not a lot of physics you know like parties out there or raves the kids at coachella aren't talking about physics. i mean i really they're, like big bang theory and, and i know uh, they talk about physics there God, and they're all they're, great people and you know they don't satirize you know geek culture or nerd culture and you know they're really great people and you know they have social uh, breath, uh, awareness man. and uh, <laughs> was that was that a good sheldon impression i don't know i've only seen yeah totally there's also okay, a cool. good um <laughs> Actually, you could do a much better Sheldon. There is a great band that I recently found called the Physics House Band. 
which is just an instrumental like jazz rock band uh, that okay. l- leans a little on the heavier side as far as like it's almost it's almost metal. It's fucking rad. Anyway, huh. geek first so, nerd. The the subset then for geekery is that it is something that you choose to be passionate about that doesn't sort of innately follow with you. So if it's comic books, for instance, I can choose to be passionate about comics because it's not, you know, something that I was born with, that I didn't come out of the womb, whereas I might musically say have an ear that lends to me learning and performing music. That would be more of kind of a nerdy thing. But if it's uh, who was in what band, what does their catalog comprise of? I learned their discography and all the subsequent subsets of bands like in the alternative genre in the 90s and all those little tributary bands. Like that's more geekery. So the two kind of faction along the nerd is something you love, but you can't really help it. And geek is something that you choose to be passionate about because it's something that you love or that you follow, but that other people also are probably more inclined. Because to say, I like music, well, yeah, most people like music. I very rarely ever encountered someone who's like, I hate music. I never listen to music. Oh, my God. I agree with you, but the moment that I do meet those people, I immediately distrust them. Yeah, they're not. They don't function under regular biological imperatives that the rest of us they're do. Just, they're um, just closeted uh, like music lovers. They just don't know it yet. Another um, red flag for me is if you're a person that I totally don't know and have a degree of separation from in my real life, um, listening to fucking sea shanties or like pirate... Uh, are. Like so if, you distrust uh, those who are attendees of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Wow. That's not that's not forward thinking. That's not 2020 level here. Just don't um, tell Kristen. Uh so to boil that down cuz I I had this thought and John interrupted it, but um it's almost yeah, like Yeah, so I had this idea. It's almost like nature versus nurture. Yes. Uh, it, to boil it down and and mm-hmm. hazily uh uh grossly overgeneralized that's the that was the term i was looking for generalizations yes Uh, yes here's i'll give you the the quicker pitch maybe you're born with it or maybe it's maybelline oh it's now the two are also not mutually exclusive for instance you could be a total geek or a goon about doctor who and one of the reasons you may love doctor who is because you love time travel and history and science and those are things that you are fascinated by but you know it so they can feed off like your desires can feed off each other which kind of makes sense that's how you know that's how you level up your level of fetish right yes so you can be a doctor who geek because you are a science nerd yeah okay that makes so sense. Those, that's it. now. This is not official. This isn't laid down anywhere. This is just the gospel oh, yeah, according yeah, yeah. to Shane. I so. mean, it's yeah. canon now. But, I, yeah. I I I like it. I mean, it's better than like the kind of idea that I've gotten uh, over the years about geeks and nerds. In that, there's more of a negative connotation with geeks because they're more likely to. And now I think this is kind of funny. Steal your the, girl. No, I was going to say bite your head off about a certain topic, which is funny given the uh, uh, origin of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh God, like, it's like your one friend with fucking Rush. Oh my God, you nearly made him oh, cry. Jesus Christ! You're just, you're just going to bring that up like every other episode that you like destroyed him with that. I think with about facts it. and logic. I still think about it. 
you probably you've probably jerked off to it too at least once like yes oh rush is a bad band oh facts uh you know i'm i i I think they're okay if i but i'm not gonna i I have no strong uh, feelings one way or the other yeah my dad liked rush well that's that's the reason why my dad liked them um so uh just just like duncan Sheik, he is barely breathing <laughs> oof good night sweet prince indeed no prince has been dead much longer than neil pert has well uh, <laughs> so uh since john also had been watching films i uh rekindled my romance and my love affair with uh director quentin tarantino ah uh, yes and went back <laughs> and <laughs> that was me trying to let him talk but also being really excited because i have a list of like movie things i want to do and Ooh, nice revisiting all of the quentin things is is on there it's just it's buried under a monumental list i'll get to that but first shane the it's a weird thing what turns you on about cinema and again back to taste being totally subjective yes i'm aroused not by you know shitty titty pigs but (laughs) it's like i love that in looking back in context all of tarantino's films feel like they are dramatically different from one another once you actually get into watching them back to back because having watched hateful eight on repeat for a long while now and you, it has a lot of sort of similitude between that and Django because the time period's very similar. It's kind of subject-wise somewhat similar. So they function within the same genre of filmmaking, I feel. Go well, that, oh, that you also have Inglorious Bastards before it, which kind of sets mm-hmm. up the uh, the flipping of the genre on its head, like turning it into revenge movies. And, right. Uh, but anyway. The the thing that like kind of stymied me is I again those three are the more recent films and so then going back into the things I hadn't seen because I haven't watched Kill Bill for a while, but Kill Bill Volume One and Two those feel like dramatically different movies to particularly like contrast to Hateful Eight like they do not feel like it is the same it's it feels like Tarantino because it is Tarantino but it doesn't feel like it's that typical like zeitgeist whereas every Kevin Smith film feels like a Kevin Smith film oh absolutely he he has varied from the formula somewhat because if you put Red State up against Clerks they do not bear any similarity to each other but it took him a long time to get there he kind of operated he also had to go out of his way. He didn't yes. he make Red State to explicitly not do the same style yes. movie. He wanted yes. to be different than being just standard operating Kevin Smith fair. So I, he, I, I, and I he, watched a YouTube video that uh, disc that went over Red State Tusk and uh, Yoga Hosers. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And then uh, he did uh, yes. Cop Out just to ruin filmmaking for himself on a commercially successful level. Yeah, but it's just another. Even that felt. Closer to a Kevin Smith film, but it, he didn't write it, so the dialogue is different. Whereas, like most Tarantino films, you the hallmark is the sort of dialogue because you can pull from that as like those are the things that have the simulacrum to one another. But think about the auteur filmmaker who went from Reservoir Dogs being his first film 
which that is such a bizarrely contrasted thing, you know, whereas like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs have a bit of like through line because it's a, they're both gangster films and they revolve around crime syndicate kind of activity. And then you drive from that to Jackie Brown, which also has an element of criminality to it. And so that makes sense. So there's a cohesion between those films. And then you hit Kill Bill which, again, criminality tends to follow. And that seems to be, if I have any linear thread that goes through all those films, it's criminality, which is interesting if you're running through it. But they all feel like dramatically different genres of films. And from a man who is a fan of all genre films and really loves film, that's really what he was trying to do, akin to us wanting to do different genres of music with the albums we've been cutting. So... It's really fun to kind of look back at it and just feel how dissimilar they are from one another. That is really cool. They, yeah, so it, uh, it's it been interesting. It's a, a bit of a, a riotous ride, as it were. I am quite envious that you're on Tarantino. And I know that I can join you at any point in time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, after finishing Alien, I decided... I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I feel like I have enough time that it's probably going to take like a month. Um but I wanted to rewatch all the Marvel movies, but mm. in uh, chronological order. Yeah. So starting with Captain America, and then I think the next one would be Marvel or Captain Marvel, like mm-hmm. where they have like going from World oh, War- like actual chronological like yes. story chronol. Okay. Yeah. So I've only I just got through Captain America this morning, but. I was telling it to, to Becky last night because we're just trying to decide what to do. She goes, oh, well, I mean, we both haven't watched Black Panther. I was like, yeah, but that's 18 movies from now. <laughs> yeah, that was the fun thing with Melissa and I when I started doing that as well, is finding the things where I knew she would want to dip her toe back in the water. And Black Panther was one of the ones. Captain Marvel and Black Panther are kind of the two that really buzzed and resonated I haven't seen her. either of them, so I'm excited for the next one. Wow, You haven't okay. seen Black Panther, huh? No, it was one of those movies that got beat to death by working behind a bar. Okay. Where everyone was salivating and saying how desperately I needed to watch it. Oh, you haven't seen it? You need to see it. To the point where I was like, well, how about I don't? The Arrested Development effect uh, yeah, for me. Yeah. I love yeah. the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack's a lot of fun. Wait, it's, you uh, haven't seen film. Arrested Development, Shane? Nope. Huh. There, I... I have had enough people who basically told me it would be my favorite thing that it talked me out of watching it altogether. That's fair. Which I am, is unfortunate, but... Yeah. Eh. It's... I think you've told me that on multiple occasions. And I th- also, we've been friends for long enough that I know that approach where if I want you to enjoy something, I think I'll mention it to you maybe like two or three times. And Nudge. Then, yep. And then I'll be like, all right, and... Topic change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I- I never finished the four. I, you know, I no, John. I'm gonna talk right now. Huh? Ha! Uh, remember, there's Hello? three people here, John. Not just you and Shane. Thought uh, was, no, I thought, um, isn't the show two and a half men? <laughs> okay, you can call you. You can call your dick hat like half a man, but like you know, you don't. You hey, don't you leave Emperor Palpatine out of this. <laughs> Do it. You um, remember? <laughs> how am I gonna forget that you called your dick Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> Good. Uh, I I'm not gonna recommend it because I I. You call your dick whatever you want. I'm more talking about Arrested Development. Sorry, I'm like. Well, now that he's all done over talking about his homoerotic fantasies, what were you gonna say, Michael? Uh, the the correct term is homoerotic fan fiction. Okay. Um, mm. but anyway, uh, 
Arrested Development, I never watched when it originally came out. I watched it like probably a year or so before the fourth season, before it was renewed on Netflix. I mean, like, I liked it. I like the inside jokes. I love I love callback references. Mm-hmm. If you like that, cool. If not, eh. I know one per I know a couple people that just like didn't get the jokes, didn't find it funny. So I it's it's a matter of taste. Like there's I, I don't think there's any one show that's like everyone needs to see it because it caters to everyone. Because when you cater everyone, that's when it stops being good for anyone. It, you know? Yeah, you can't make pablum because then it's basically you have to make it tasteless. It's the it um from the hangover two or three where they're talking about like, you know, you're the rice that we feed the elderly because it won't upset their stomach. Why are we giving a middle finger? Okay. Because he's taking a picture of the, the computer. Oh, so I, I assume see. he was posting that for the grams. And I so, was trying to oh, be going on the grum. engaged in our podcast as opposed <laughs> to you two just fumble fucking each other over here. Um, no, but shit yeah can you repeat what you just son of a bitch <laughs> we're saying it, you yeah, have pay to attention if, michael if you want something to appeal to everybody basically you have to make it tasteless you have to make yeah. it to where it just because otherwise you lean too heavily towards something that might alienate somebody mm-hmm. that's why going from watching the alien movies to going to watching a marvel movie was a dramatically different endeavor where like oh, I, I bet i started captain america last night with the intention of watching just like just the beginning just mm-hmm. to kind of be like just to dip my toe in and ended up staying up until like 1 30 which is the latest that i have stayed up this entire time in isolation nice you, my bedtime has been like 11 11 30 it's fucking nuts uh, i have actually reduced the amount of time i sleep these days i went from being a routine eight hour sleeper to i probably function between five to six hours of sleep a night now okay that's so yeah, i'm gonna I... hit the kevin smith era where i'm you know i sleep micro naps of four hours get up get stoned and then go on about my business fantastic i i i mean like they're uh, what is it called the iron man sleep cycle or something like that um where you take 20 minute naps every couple of uh, every like four or five hours and mm-hmm. you can only you only need like i knew someone in college that did that uh she was able to get to an hour and a half of core sleep a night and then she took like two naps during the day or three naps or something like that and I've... i i I couldn't do it. <laughs> I've rediscovered the midday nap. The midday nap is a Ooh. beautiful thing. See, I can't nap. I really cannot. It like my brain won't shut off one and then two when I wake up I'm all groggy like it doesn't revitalize me. I'm just wasted. I was usually the same way. Uh so now I just keep my I just keep my fucking eyes shut. Uh, and then eventually, like, I, I limit it to 40 minutes tops. And then once I'm up, because I usually am not, like, I don't hit, like, a REM or a deep sleep. Mm. Like, I'll open my eyes up. I need, like, a like a, a Coke Zero or something when I wake up. Like, some caffeine again, but nothing, like, not, it's not, like, a full reset of the day. But that's how it used to be for me, too, Shane, where I was, like, man, it's, it's what is it? The, uh, the cure is almost worse. Mm. Like, uh, anyway. Yeah. I, I, I... I... I think I know the phrase that you're saying, but I, since yeah, I that's been brandied, it. it's been brandied about uh, with respect to this actual pandemic that <gasps> I've seen Thank that brandied. I don't want brandied about. Isn't it's, that brand? No, it's, isn't, uh, it's bandied would be whatever tomato potato. It's been used <laughs> with respect to this current epidemic, and so I don't wish to use it. Uh, boycotting that particular idiom. Done. Slang, whatever. You just gave me a Sigourney segue. Ooh. Oh, can shit. I, can I take it? Do no. Oh, hey, by yeah, the way, yeah, we're yeah. 40 minutes in. We don't have a topic today. Thanks. Um, 
Oh, I forgot you you always say what the topic is. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> it's because you don't I was gonna respect talk about... me as a human. No, not really. I was going to talk about what I'd watched recently, but no, no, you you go ahead and talk. I'll 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 just Oh no, but see get in somewhere. I'll I'll find some I'll find something. Hard to hear you. We finally managed to goad Michael into being upset. I it's hard to hear uh, you with that no. pity dick in your mouth. With that what? That pity dick? That pity dick? That's stuck in your Aww. mouth that makes it hard for me to hear you. Feel sorry for me, please. Pretty piggy titty shitty pity dick. <laughs> Michael, I have what I want to talk about pulled up, so I'm not going to lose topic here. What, did, I, what I have said you go watched? For it. What have you watched recently? No, I said go for it. I'll find a way to sneak it in later. Oh, God. Do Tyler. I have to be the, the mediator here between the two of you <laughs> fighting? Speaking he of, started it. Speaking of God fighting, almighty. I have been desperate to verbally fight with people or over text fight with people. Just, just you know, personal events on the side uh, that I finally understood why social media trolls exist because I did it this morning. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, I'm so, very intrigued. Does this have to do with your segue? Is yes. This, is this it? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Three Floyds Brewing. Uh, they're pretty infamous. They're out of Indiana. And I, I've loved them for years. Oh, okay. Uh, they posted, essentially, that they are not going to be reopening uh, for dine-in. Uh, essentially, they're, they're just going back to production brewing, and it's a foreseeable future kind of deal. And I've been dipping my toe in the water of braving comment sections just to see how stupid people are and like i don't know like somehow oh no somehow it used to be enough i feel like it's like it's how an addiction starts like it used to be enough that i could just (laughs) see how stupid people behave and then see other slightly less stupid people in in interact and you know watch the the conversations and i found a perfect comment to jump in that no one had responded to and it just had been posted and i just wanted to see if i could poke the bear Okay, so this guy his name's Mike Mayne, and he looks can't like ever a... trust a Mike or a Mayne. And I'll definitely I'll, I'll read it with the uh... oh he edited it that stupid fuck what a bitch. Well, you can go back to the edit. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can see what it was like. So so oh, two, I didn't know that. two three mm. Floyd's just very well like elegantly put letter. He responds. Well, you hire snobby little dicks anyway, comma, beer is okay service without a man bun, beard, and skinny jeans sucked. Was that even English? And I go... It tried. And I go, Mike, using one comma doesn't mean you can ignore punctuating the rest of your crybaby complaint. Well oh! oh! And he goes, says the guy with a beard and skinny jeans. And I respond back, and it's a gif of... A middle-aged man with a huge beer belly wearing tight jeans going, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go, anyway, you probably have a busy day of watching InfoWars ahead of you. Don't let us keep you. (laughs) 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 And see, at this point, after I responded there, I was like, I am the only person engaging with him. And I'm not doing this because he's offended me in any way, shape, or form. I'm just doing it to see if I can. Um, oh no! That's 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 a terrible, <laughs> terrible like addiction. And he goes, I'm "Scared." There's two two different comments that he puts back to back, and he goes, "You must work at a brew pub and live in your mother's basement, which makes sense as it looks like you're dating your sister. Go play PlayStation before your mom needs her TV to watch Doctor Phil trying to figure out where she went wrong." Excuse <laughs> me, it's Maury. She doesn't watch Doctor Phil. Thank you. And uh, she fucks Doctor Phil. <laughs> I would. <laughs> 
<laughs> we do need to come up with some fuck Mary kills. Anyway, um, to which Mary, I... Uh, fuck, To definitely. which I've had a... Yeah, obviously. Now, <laughs> would you be able to tell who the father was? <laughs> <laughs> Not with that attitude. To which I respond, and here's where I think that there's no way he's coming back. I go, you have truly cut to the core of me. You, you nailed it. My sister and I would like to apologize for my behavior. My mother stopped talking to us years ago, pre-pandemic, and I fear we won't be reunited. I, I gotta go think about this. God bless. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I made it a point throughout this entire thing not to just, like, call names and, like, like be profane. I just wanted to, like be stupid you know <laughs> so he goes, he goes well that's probably the best thing mom has done now go have a veggie burger and i said can you venmo me five dollars i can't afford it right now <laughs> john i have a website for you what is if it? i have not already told you about this it is 27 b slash six and it is a gentleman who has published now, I think, 12 to 13 books where this is all he does. He posts all his correspondence of him trolling people. And it will <laughs> ruin your life. It is the greatest. Okay. I have two of the books myself. It is well worth it. Is it so this is going to go into show notes and you're going to send this to me, right? Yes, I will please, send it to you. Please. Yes, uh, I'll probably so read it myself. I have, I have my dismount here because I think, yeah. Um, to me asking for a Venmo. At this point... Becky's hearing me laugh manically before she goes up to work, and yeah. and I kind of fill her in, and I go, I think I'm going to authentically see if I can get him to Venmo me any amount of money. <laughs> but I, I abandon that pretty quick. And he goes, Aww. nah, I have my own bills and family. Go to nearest exit ramp, but remember your PPE. Um, <laughs> and then this is where I left off, and I haven't responded after. I said, I just wish I never met you. You've rattled my Christian values to the bone. Before you, I could love my sister in peace. I want my family back, Mike. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yes, you are. You are going to immensely enjoy Twenty Seven Bleach Slash Six. It is. Uh, it's so validating to like, because if you could see this guy's picture, like he looks like the epitome of the people that are saying that you're a sheep if you wear a, a mask in public right now. Like, you can tell that he is definitely of that ilk. His opening comment on that post aside, like, you can just tell that, like, he's the racist, he's the racist uncle. You know, like, there, there's there's no hope for him, so why am right. I going to be actually, like, I'm not going to go into the conversation tilted. But if I can just waste his time, then that's, so essentially, I'm doing all this, and it hits me. I was like, oh my god, this, I wasn't aware that I was trolling. And I was like, you're trolling him. You're trolling yep. just, to, just to troll. Like, I... I'm so upset with other things in my life that this is one thing I have control over. It's pathetic. But I felt better. So I, I understand why trolls troll now. It is, uh, we've officially, whereas Netflix has Making a Murderer, we now have Making a Troll. So it's episode one right now. We have gotten into your origin story of how you started down the trolling path. Now, the thing that I need to accomplish, and maybe you gentlemen can help me, is that I... <laughs> The main fear, let's say there is a fear of trolling, and that is that your name is associated, and maybe that's why I don't feel like being profane. You right. know, like, I don't feel like being like, well, fuck Fair. you, you inbred piece of shit, blah, 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 because my name's on there. But if I just go into every argument, like, expecting to yes and them, then then maybe I shouldn't be fearful that my name's associated, like, if I'm on a Facebook platform. 
Yeah. Well, if you, if you don't approach it from using profane, like if you don't just start, if you call them names and everything, they'll get defensive. You won't be able to troll them as effectively. Like you want to piss them off in in such a way that they want to respond. Like I want if you them. Just, go ahead. If you just start calling them names and they'll call you names back, and then it just devolves into like an argument that you have in the kindergarten playground. Right. You know. I think the goal is that I want them to be so perplexed or so vexed by what I'm saying that they go to my profile page, which is what he did, to like to be like, oh, look, he's he's he has a, a hat that has that bottle shop logo on it, and and a beard. Like he can look at my profile at a glance, even though it's a private profile, and kind of get a overview of like who I am as a person. Um, but no, I like that. I think I can. I think I can do more of this. Like all um, right, I am in a I, share I saw screen for a second here, just so that you can appreciate. But um, I think I have found ah! our, our next Sigourney uh, segue here. Uh, I think I have actually discovered our next platform. After we finish with my immortal, is we can read exchanges from twenty seven B slash six. Now, I am so oh, excited. You, you weren't kidding. Okay, so I, I know it'll be in the show notes, but I know from um, my own listening of podcasts, and uh, I'm usually too lazy to look at the show notes, but it's literally 27B and then the word slash six dot com. Now, that's how you get there. This is the one that he's famed for. And as you will see, he is uh, asked by this woman, Jane, uh, who represents that he has an overdue account. So they're basically saying our records indicate you have an account that's overdue. And his response is very John Watkins, so you'll appreciate this. But this is, Dear Jane, I do not have any money, so I'm sending you this drawing I did of a spider instead. I value the drawing at two hundred and thirty-three ninety-five. <laughs> so trust that this settles the matter. Regards, David. So David Thorne, he is a web designer from Australia, I believe. And so this, he just publishes this entire exchange of this woman going that she's nuts. Now it devolves where later the spider only has seven legs and she's like, I can't accept this. This is ridiculous. And rather than being like, Oh, well I realize you can't accept a drawing of a spider with no monetary value to offset what I owe you. He says, Oh, well you should have just pointed out that it only had seven legs and it was a subpar rendering of a spider. And that's why you won't accept it. So here I've amended the drawing to a spider with eight legs. So hopefully this now (laughs) settles it. So this just keeps escalating for the end then. So, uh, John, I think this is something we are going to be able to pick up. Now, yeah. you you do require videos, or videos, but you do need to be able to see the photographs on some of these. But uh, that might be something that we can do as a group once we finish with the My Immortal. I, there was a couple of uh, um, side uh, uh, tabs on there. Uh, I think one was like Nigerian Sex Slave. Another yes. one was like Wank Pro. Uh-huh. And then New uh, Hope for Thomas. Am, what's They're a, great. I am intrigued. What's a waifu? If only oh, I knew. You poor sweet. <laughs> um, on the You've, same uh, note of that, as that's... the resident weeb, I can tell you what a wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> on that same note, um, for being able to touch back on that topic later, Shane, my brother-in-law has an epic saga of a perplexing gentleman he met on LinkedIn, Ooh. who defies all logic and reason. And if we were to ever do a uh, guest spot on this show i think it would behoove us to have scott diebel on here next i'm intrigued stop um, i can only get so hard and and i'll talk to him outside and see logistically if that's something that we can accomplish um but if he's willing to come on and talk about this this man it would be primo 
We could, I'm, we could, I'm intrigued. We could do it. We could yeah. do. A, we could do a series arc. We could have him in the middle of the the twenty seven, uh, twenty seven slash twenty seven B slash six. Yeah. So anyway, that that it got me peaked because Scott's the individual. He made. I had to see how far along he is. He made a PowerPoint about this guy. Yeah, this sh- is what the this fuck? is a David Thorne thing. This happens all the time. He actually the one I read most recently that brought this up to like re- reminded me of it was he live tweeted an office argument between two secretaries in his office that he instigated <laughs> and then escalated by going and telling them things they were saying about each other. So it's this is glorious. kind of reminding me of what's going on uh, professionally with me right now, where I have like seventeen different group chats, and everyone thinks that there's like that they're being like spies and like there's espionage afoot, and everyone's like. Everyone is basically on the same page without all just flat out being like, hey, I know that you guys are having conversations on the side. Isn't that the best? It's so it's so like great you're when like, you, you get... feel like you're the webmaster and like you're just like seeing how everything's going out. Selling domains. It's so yeah. great <laughs> when you get a message that's supposed to be a shock, but you've known about it for three days. And you're like, so what have you been doing for three days, my guy? Like... <laughs> Jeez. Um, Michael, I I'm glad that I'm friends with Butchies six nine six nine six nine on PlayStation, but that sadly didn't come with the fringe benefit of getting to play with you online. Um, nope. <laughs> therefore, I petition that you join us on Dead by Daylight because Shane Asher and I had just a blasty blast of a couple sessions on there, mm. and I cannot wait for more. It would be fun. Yeah, and I, we need I, I a mean, fourth. I'll... I'll pencil you in for the next time I'm free, which is tomorrow, uh, today, never. Uh, I mean, I guess I can stop doing my, you know, uh, thesis Girlfriend? and all that stuff. And no, 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 that's that's uh in the that's in the later half of the day tomorrow. Oh, wow. I, I I I leave Thursdays and spend time with her. Penciled yeah. into your schedule. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a I have a whole board. You guys saw the calendar uh, when you were in this domicile Sadly. i don't know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being too fancy here oh um so i i got my time scheduled down to a you know to a t to the but, mere minute um yeah uh, well um, i was and, uh going to follow up though michael what are you watching presently oh to harken yes. back to that topic. so um because i've been getting a lot of ads for it and um my girlfriend her mom and her mom's boyfriend also have been getting ads we watched a show called upload that's been on uh, amazon prime yes um and so the whole premise and i'll just give it as a premise 30 second uh probably 30 seconds probably you're gonna clean up is the explanation oh. of giving the premise is going to take 45 seconds, Michael. It, it already has. Um, so the whole idea is that when uh, before you die, you can upload your consciousness into uh, like a computer program. Ooh, like Almost Ubik. like The Matrix. Sure. It's a uh, book by Philip K. Dick where you upload your consciousness. So, ah, And okay. Amazon's been pilfering a lot of PKD material these days, so that stands to I reason. believe it. I know that it's uh, directed, either dr- produced. Uh, produced by the guy that makes The Office, that made The Office, uh, the, office the, the American version. The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Good Place are all under this, this the guy who plays Moe's on The Office. is the, I've never, yeah, remember, I've never completed an episode of The you're, Office. You're either. not missing out. I'm not telling you to watch I, it, but for people listening, they'll. Yes. 
I don't remember who that character is either. So, um, shit, you even a fan? I, no, I, I've watched a couple <laughs> episodes. I know who Michael is. That's and I'm uh, Michael. And then, and then Lois fuck. Lane. <laughs> but um, the the humor is pretty good. It's uh, it's got a lot of references. It, it, it's been interesting. I've I've watched uh, seven out of the ten episodes that are currently oh. out. Um, Has it gone quantum yet? No. Thankfully, they do not explain any of the science at all behind it, and it is glorious. They just say, up, and your uh, consciousness gets put in there, and it's in a computer. So they do the the looper pitch. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I just watched that last night, by the way. Mm. Not to to go tangential, but uh, yeah, I watched Looper again. So. I was thinking of Jumper. I was like, that's the one where you can just like jump to various places on the earth, right? And I'm like, no, that's Jumper. I wish you'd... Literally, uh, it's in the title. Step back from that ledge, my friend. Ah. Uh, could cut ties with all the lies you've been living in. Um, I feel third-eye blinded by that. Yeah, you should. If you never want a podcast again, I would understand. Yeah, I would <laughs> definitely understand. Well, you know, I would walk a thousand miles if I could just not podcast tonight. <laughs> um... That's a That's... meta joke, by the way, for all of you who know, you know. Oh, <laughs> I get it because I get it. Do you get it? Wink. Do you actually no. get it, Michael? I, I mean, uh, I know the song reference. Stephen Jenkins, the lead singer of Third Eye Blind, is or was, I'm not sure about the current state, but was married to Vanessa Carlton. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, that is a. That oh, is John didn't a, even know no, that. No, that is a Shane okay. Hunt Award sticker if I've ever seen one. And you both yeah, failed, so we fuck did. Out. Um, I'm like, I know the song, don't know anything else about what the reason is. It, but... I feel like it's been a while since we've had a, a way to uh, organically bring this up. But since we're talking about shows and we're talking about, uh, you know, straight to streaming mm. uh, shows, Pornhub? Yes. No. Um,. <laughs> And Melissa has checked out of the episode. <laughs> CBS All Access uh, released some more images today from The Stand. Uh, which oh, I forgot. They're, I for- they're producing that, uh, right? Yeah, and I forgot that it was supposed to be, it's going to be coming out this year as well. And That is awkwardly it, timed uh, as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks fucking, like the stills are amazing. So I, they, mm. they cast... Uh, Sky Scar, um, the big name, the dude. Wait, Scar, uh, fuck the the dude that guy that plays Pennywise in the most recent thing. His brother. Oh, I don't care. The guy who him. played uh, who was the heartthrob in True Blood. That's like not, that's not like saying Bill, Alexander. The, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays it's like I, Flag, and there is a still uh, which shows him outside of the prison cell wearing the you know the blue blue jean jacket with the, the smiley face. The smiley face pin on there, and I cannot wait. Uh, I think he's going to crush it. And I got excited because I, I misread the article at first, and I thought it was going to come out at the end of this month. And I was like, there's ah. nothing more uh, that I would enjoy than having hours upon hours of prime Stephen King content to consume. And then, after like researching to find that, that I was wrong, I found something Aww. super interesting that should be a, a big plus for all three of us which is the final episode of the miniseries, I think it would be episode 10, will be written by Stephen King and Joe Hill. 
Get the hell Ooh. out! Yeah, the screen, the screenplay for the finale will be will be father and son working side by side. So that's Dang. phenomenal. I cannot yeah. wait. Considering it looks like we're probably not going to get our panels. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll get our panels. Not with that attitude. We'll just get the three as opposed to yeah. you know multiples. But I oddly we- enough. That is a perfect Sigourney segue to something I had that I was going to put up on on deck here. So many combos here. I just started looking at the omnibus edition of the Dark Tower comics today. (gasps) I need it. It's phenomenal. And it actually has maps of the world so that you can see how directly it got pulled from Lord of the Rings because the way it's laid out is very much... And they actually show Gilead as having the giant, like, spire tower in the middle of it in the same way that uh, they have for, oh, no. Where can I procure this? Amazon? Anywhere. Uh, yeah. It's, I got it from the library, oddly enough. But that's me. Okay. That is a brilliant idea. It's well worth it. But I was going to ask, since John has finally completed the arc of uh, the Dark, or have you actually finished finished the Dark Tower? No, it is the last thing. Wow. It's the last thing that I'm truly excited about. And it's I'm having the senioritis kind of thing where I don't want it to end. So I'm very uh reluctant to start the final installment okay. because once I'm I... once I'm done with it, you can't read a book or read a series for the first time ever again. Um and also I... when I mentioned to you guys a, a couple episodes ago that I was getting not burnt out on an author's voice but like needing a tonal shift Mm. it kind of all happened at the same time i had forgotten the last one you completed was song of Susanna, as opposed to actual dark tower dark Tower. right because i know there's a way through the keyhole as well yeah i was gonna say that's what like let me not because i'm terrible at finishing shows like i i it took me about four or five years to finish house and I, I actually needed to watch it with someone else. I watched it with my roommate. Um, I got to the second to last episode, and I'm like, nah, I haven't finished Adventure Time. You name a show that I have watched, I probably haven't finished it. So it's like it. four shows? Uh, commu- I haven't finished Community. Um, no loss. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I can't think of any other shows that I've watched God. recently. I stand by my statement. Anyway. <laughs> well, uh, you know, what's um, funny, I think I am the only one amongst us here, then, that does not suffer from that at all. If I like something, I will greedily delve into it. Like, I need to get to the end. I can't hold off on things like that. Minus, like, it ruins I'm, it. I, minus selective. Like, there are some things that I, I like but don't like enough to uh, to to care about losing the... the uh, you know the cherry popping if you will okay. and then there's things that i like immensely and it's the things that i like immensely where i get a little bit of like i don't want this to end well i let me put something into context then it, the only way that i could throw for the dark tower is there are so many things that actually pull focus when you finish that story that it would be akin to saying you didn't finish breaking bad okay i did not because you you really <laughs> I mean, I watched the first season, so that doesn't really. Okay, count. I was gonna say for but, the purposes of this discussion, Michael, you're not human, and you don't take part in any of this. You're the Dalek amongst us, basically. Woohoo! Exterminate or ejaculate? Yeah, neither. Please. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it, there are so many things that finally sort of make themselves known 
uh, and in particular, like the something that they tease all throughout the Wolves of the Kala that you will finally get, and Michael's going to smile. I was so pumped for this conversation, and now you've you've cucked me again. That's uh, my job. That blue ball must be painful, man. You understand where the dry twist for Roland comes from, and why the hip bothers him so much, and a great oh, deal yeah, of other things yeah, that happen. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, you got me smiling. Yeah, you got there me smiling, are so yeah, many yeah. really wonderful payoffs for that story, and it is disheartening at points. There are things that, again, you can nag to death about well, whether because, it's executed because appropriately. Because of you, but... I have a spoiler already, and it wasn't your fault. Mm. It was because we happened to be on that Stephen King Facebook group at the same time. Ah. And someone asked uh, a moment in a Stephen King novel that always makes... Hold on a second. Spoilers for Dark Tower. Uh, tune out if you haven't already read that or et cetera or whatever. Okay, cool. Go. Yeah, also spoiler alert for when you're editing, Michael. Uh, there will be farts. <laughs> 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 fuck me fuck future me i i whatever um well a moment in a stephen king novel that always makes you cry or like always gets you right in the heart uh, and your oh response no. was when oi dies so now yes. i now i know going in that since oi made it through uh song of Susanna, that he is he's he's getting nixed and i am quite attached to that billy bumbler Yes, aren't we all? Well, let me say, you know, his death was for, uh, foreshadowed in. He gets hit by a car. Uh, Got it. In the what? No, in Wizard, his death, not necessarily how he dies or anything, but his death is foreshadowed in the Wizard's Glass. Yeah, there, you know, it's like the Breaking Bad thing was very apt. Where I will say that as much he dies as- of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Between you two interrupting cows today, I'm not going to make it out of this episode. Suicide by cop. It's it. You want a happy ending, and you expect a happy ending. Uh, you know, a la the Lord of the Rings, where you you want some things, but um, King stays very true to life in a lot of the the way that it gets executed, except. There are asterisks to a lot of these things, and you do get a really great payoff at the end of the book. But yeah, it's I'm telling you, you should not uh, hold off on that for much longer. Because one, there's a lot of the context you need to have, and remembering what happened in the previous book is very important. So uh, I'm not going Fine. to extol the virtues any further than I have, because I'm not going to hard sell this either. But yeah, you'll you'll appreciate it much more in totality when you see the whole thing in focus. Would it make you feel better that I have a time frame to when I'm going to read it? I think it's more I'm excited to have the conversation. So, I mean, it, it's not going to affect me one way or the other, really. Cool. I just got, you know, my brain went because I dipped my toe back in the water seeing the, the books and how the artwork is fantastic, as you can attest to from the segments you've read. So the the graphic novel that you gifted me forever changed how I visualize the Dark Tower in my head. Mm-hmm. So listening back, so this will be like the 18,000th time of plugging that show, but listening to Kingslingers go through uh, Drawing of the Three and then the Gunslinger, I think is where I'm kind of at, is at the end. I finished them capping uh, Drawing of the Three, all the flashbacks of Gilead and things like that. Mm. I can't see anything else than what they, they've shown in the graphic novel. Even being able to see Farson um, and... Martin and how mythical and magical 
like darkly magical everything else is really cool Rhea looks very different uh comparatively so to me she oh my god we're turning into a stephen king podcast again we haven't done this in a few episodes though so it's fine yeah that's Um, that's that's true Rhea in the in the audiobook they make her sound and it makes sense by the end of wizarding glass Mm. um they make her sound like the wicked witch okay so how it ties back into oz i was like by the end of the book i was like oh i get it but in the graphic novel they don't portray her as putrid yeah you know which i think was really important for the first read through of like she's she's gross is is how it's supposed to be Mm. but well, particularly once she starts to sort of like devolve and once she gets obsessed yeah, with the glass and she stopped bathing and, you know, she's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where the putricity, if that's a Putrescence word. Putrescence would play. be the one you're groping for. Of our for. city. Of our city. Thank you. God yeah. almighty. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I just, there are so many weird sort of like connective moments that you love about the Dark Tower. It is so easy to get sucked back into it. For instance, the one that I always hearken back to is from the Gunslinger where he goes into the possessed town and finds the gentleman who has been, you know, dead for Lud? three days. But yes. No, not Lud. Uh, he, where it's the, the town that he basically just exterminates everybody in the town because the... Uh, because he he saw um, Martin basically the, put the a, the piano yeah Shem um, and he Shem I I kept I thought it wasn't Shem Shem and I doubted myself yep. Shem thank you so it, you know when he gets to go into the church and have the confrontation with the woman who's kind of like the executor or the the device that allows Martin to kind of take over the town it, that exchange and him bracing and then finally the first action you get because it really is the first time that story picks up because it's all just him trudging across you know vast bland terrains and then all of a sudden it's like he is taking on an entire town and just having to shoot everybody you got like those are the moments where the escalation finally happens and they release you a little bit and they let the throttle go for just a second just so you get a taste of what he's capable of oh it's so bloody good hmm. so it's i you get excited and want to go back and revisit those moments oh and for sure hold hands with him again well i at the risk of this being a, a shorter episode than three hours um i i have one other thing and it's tangentially related to at least books and then maybe we can dive into our book a little bit mm. um mm. But because of Shane, I have been continually listening to American Gods. So I was wondering, Shane, if you have finished it, because I know you were at a standstill. Yeah, you're you're done? I, I just finished it yesterday. Oh, cool. I so. have about six hours left. Okay. And the audiobook I can't recommend highly enough. It's fully casted. I don't know if I mentioned that. In- I think, yes, you mentioned previously. I'm I would definitely be down to hear it. It's it's wonderful, and it also it, it helped me because it, uh, just past the middle point of that book in uh, Lakeside or Lakeview, mm-hmm. Lakeside, yes, um, where there's a lot of characters that get reintroduced that were from early on in the book. First time reading it, I got a little like, who is the whatsies? Yeah, but because it's just the one character uh, actor for that person. Their voice comes back and it immediately, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Also, something I didn't appreciate as much the first go around, because this is my only my second time reading it, 
is the interludes and the coming to America bits where they lay mm-hmm. down deep, deep lore. Yes. Um, the I can for I I think this book has the mileage for me that it might make a yearly reread. Okay, I was going to say what's funny is this time I was less enamored with the coming to America bits, and I feel like that was kind of what. He puts them in strategically, and I know he puts them in. It kind of like highlights uh, where we've built up arcs of tension, and that's you know to compel you to keep reading. Those are things that frustrate me as a reader when you uh, reach a fever pitch. Yep, where you get us to a point where you feel like something's about to happen, and then you back off and go to something completely unrelated. Like those things really frustrate me, and that happens at least twice over the course of the story where you get to a point where there's a crescendo that they're about to hit and then he cuts it off and goes, and by the way, we're going to go talk about, you know, here are the people coming over in the slave ships, which I'm like, okay, I, I, it's a great story and if I read it on its own, I would really love it, but it's you get That's... so vexed by it in the point of the story that you're at that it kind of ruins it for me. That is super Especially fair. if it's an abrupt, like... It's very abrupt in the sections where yeah. he does it. There's, it is abrupt, so... It's funny that you say that because I just hit that point okay. where I, I just got to like where I left off is the beginning of a coming to America section. And it just happened after a major character is broadcasted. Uh, yep. Uh, the assassination of a major character is broadcasted. Essentially. Yes. Um, other things that really grabbed me, though, this time around, now that I know it's kind of like watching the Big Lebowski for the first time where you don't know where the story is going. So then every time you rewatch Big Lebowski you appreciate minor things a lot more because you know the beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Um, the monologues in the book are fantastic. In particular, there's one monologue uh, by the character Sam on what she believes yes. when she's uh, trying drunk. to get... Yeah, when she's drunk and she's trying to get uh, Shadow to tell her the truth behind something. And he's like, well, you're yeah. not going to believe it. And, and then she gives him literally, it's probably almost like two pages worth of what she can accept, which is yep. basically everything. Yeah, she's um, brilliant. It's a great character. And then another would be uh, the beginning of one of the, one of the Coming to America sections, which is I think is the uh, the slaves on the boat. Yeah, But he begins the section with, uh, there was a father and a daughter, and he sold her. It's an and uncle, yeah, yeah, it's but an he, uncle who sold it. Yep. He uses it as a device to say that without context between those points, there it doesn't have as much of an impact. Yes, and it talks about like children starving to death in Africa, and how you can't you depersonalize them as a way to cope because otherwise it would overwhelm you. And so, for for the community fans, it's episode one where Jeff's giving the monologue about the pencil. And then he names the pencil whatever and then snaps the pencil after naming it. And one of the characters is like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it's great. He there are some times where I feel like he could have used an editor because some of his sentences as someone who, again, has gotten used to cold reads. And then I tend to start narrating the story In your head, that as I'm way. reading. And some of his sentences are really unwieldy on the page. Like, there's a lot of commas and thens and things where I feel like it may have been intentional, but it kind of threw me out. So I have to admit, I was less enamored by the story on the second pass than I was the first time I read it, which is a really strange byproduct. I still love the characters, and I think the story overall is fantastic. I I feel like I want to edit game in a bit, which is blasphemy, uh, I know. 
but yeah, there are some points where I'm just like, wow, you could have made this sentence work a lot better than it does. And he's incredibly eloquent. He's one of the most eloquent authors I've ever encountered. And I don't know what it is about this because like compared to Neverwhere or the Graveyard Book where I found myself like just greedily consuming it. There are points in American Gods where I feel like I got a red pen out in my head, and that shouldn't happen for me. That's fair. But, uh, Graveyard Book is one of the books that is in the way of the Dark Tower. Because I'm, I've am i made it a point after Song of Susanna, and that's kind of why I told you I have a point where I'll mm-hmm. get back to Dark Tower. Where I realize that I have a cue that I've been ignoring, yeah. and I am, uh, I've been given an opportunity to reduce the cue. Yeah. Uh, so I think I have maybe two or three books ahead of Dark Tower, and they're sh- comparative to Stephen King novels. They're essentially like one dayers. Uh, yeah, if I graveyard ever, book, you can burn through very quickly. That is a quarantine goal of mine that I'll have to accomplish within the next next week and a half. Is that I wanted to have a day where I just start and finish a book because I don't remember the last. I don't think I've done that in my adult life. In point of fact, actually, uh, Graveyard Book is my, I think that is my favorite game and book. Okay. In point of fact. But well, yeah, it's, I'll you could probably it do soon. it. And that might be a one day. I think that might have been like a one or two day one for me, particularly if you get the illustrated version. That is the one that I have. So the mm. reason that I, I have that book and the reason that I have Gaiman or that Gaiman like got put onto the radar one, you've talked about American Gods. Yeah. Um, and then secondarily, um, Becky's dad, his his now wife, last or must have been Jesus, was it two years ago? Uh, we were out there and we were at her house and we were waiting to go out and I was looking at her bookshelf because she's a librarian. Mm. Uh, so it it's like when you go into a musician's house, you want to look at their records. Yeah. So I'm in a librarian's house. I want to look at your books. And I start seeing all the game and books and I, I start thinking about you, Shane, and like other like times that I've been recommended to read that. And I see two copies of Graveyard Book. So I, I pull one just because duplicates, like they kind of like pop at you. It's like, why do you have two of the same? It's kind of like owning different pressings of the same record. Yeah. Um. So I pull that out and long story short, to quote Shane, too late. It was a, they're both signed copies um oh. and sh- i gave her the okay. spiel that i haven't read anything by him but i i want to and she just sent me with it so nice. I, so i, I, really I have nice. that copy and i just i i've been staring at it for for over a year or year and some change and now's the time it's well worth it that is it is an absolutely brilliant book and the that, now the pacing for that one and the way that it is executed is one of my absolute favorites. Like that one grabbed me and would not let me go. Have, Michael, have you read anything by uh, Gaiman yet? I know you've really bis- barely started dipping your toe uh, in the water. The, I read the combination that he wrote with someone else. Harry uh, Pratchett, Good Omens. Yes, good. Yes, yes. I did read that. I haven't seen the show. I know it's a really good show it is very um, because good, we've yeah. talked. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it in a prior episode. Um, I just never got around to watching it, but I did really, really enjoy the book. Yeah. It, the book gave me a lot of um, Douglas Adams. Uh, I think it was Adams Hitchhiker's yep, Guide. Yeah, very similar. It gave me a lot of vibes, uh, a lot of similar vibes. That. Um, so yeah, ter- that's that's essentially it. Terry but Pratchett think- has. I'm sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say I think that might be more Terry Pratchett than Guyman Island. Uh, Terry Pratchett has a lot of universe building. He writes fantasy novels, 
almost exclusively. He, what does he write? I I can't. Not Discworld. It's called. Uh, oh, Discworld. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, and and you, it's very you. his are they're more absurdist than Gaiman's tend to be. So if there are some of those very oaky cross-eyed chapters, it's a lot of Terry Pratchett's influence there. Because that's what I latched on to. I really enjoyed the absurd uh, absurdist like esque uh, approach that Adams does for Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. Um, and I think that's those were the chapters that I really like latched onto in, in good. Well, ones. there are uh, several Pratchett books that you should probably investigate, and also you might yeah. want to read the uh, the Dirk <laughs> Gently's uh, Holistic Detective Agency because those are also Douglas Adams and probably will be right up your alley versus mine. Yeah, and Melissa raves I, about the books, I, so. I enjoy I I enjoy British humor for some for some mm. reason I don't know as why. do I it's just <laughs> I need to this. do some housekeeping here uh, from from yes. the last episode I know this is really surprising and it's only because Shane brought up that show um, so I'd like to apologize for how I reacted last week to when Shane brought up the show because when he mentioned the name. I thought he was talking about a country artist because I misheard him. Dirks Bentley. (laughs) (laughs) So when I reacted with a lot of vigor and like almost vitriol, it's because I thought he was talking about Dirks Bentley has a show and Melissa was avidly watching it and you watched an episode of your own volition and I felt... I don't know, betrayed, um, but I don't know. So I just want to apologize. Well, well played, because <laughs> again, our connective tissue syncs up again, because they're uh, on Facebook when I got on to send our chat link out. There were two country concerts that a friend of mine said they were interested in that were scheduled and are still scheduled for early June in Arizona. Uh-oh. And I was like, <laughs> in my head, this is disgusting, but I, it, who I am. Uh, I saw it and I was like, well, that's a wonderful way to decrease the surplus population of redneck dumb fucks in this state. Fantastic. Hey. Country's the first one back. <laughs> oof. You know what I'm... Capital oof. And, and I know I said this before, but maybe this will be true. I have this thought, and then I think we need to get into some fanfic, because Got if it. there's one episode where we can give Michael a reprieve, I think it's a free, free form. Yes. Um... I, I I'm cool with that. This gives me an excuse not to work on my thesis, so I have no God, problem with thesis. This. Christ, <laughs> pretty much. That's that's how I approach it. I, I've spent like seven hours on that. Thou shit today, must and kill I, your thesis, <laughs> please. Thou um, must, please, Vladmort, please. I'm actually kind of excited at the prospect of the uh, maneuvering of live music in the future. Like I've seen a lot of articles about like drive-in concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, and things there that... was a drive-in um, EDM concert in Germany. Like, yeah, it's I think a couple of weeks just ago. Pressing play on a stupid mixtape at home while you're rolling. Oh, look at you, Mister Fancy. Well, that Pants. is no, was... what they were proposing for Amped for us to come back was that they were going to do a, a drive-in show. Yeah, for us, basically. Which co- huh. coincidentally, I and I, I already told Shane this when we were on party chat. I, nothing has been said. We haven't had any communication, but I can almost, I am 90% sure that our first gig back will be at Amped. That would probably stand to reason. Because oh, that beautiful, yeah, that that beautiful sense, yeah. venue is already, naturally as it was built, uh, made for distancing. Um, yeah. You say that, that's, that's... and then they had pictures posted from their trivia night, and everyone was like on top of each other. Oh, is this recently? Bit. 
Yes, they had a trivia night this week, and I I, I cringed seeing it because uh, oh. there's tables like brimming with people. Oh, and well, that's like, because oh, it's a popular event. Sake. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, we have had. Winter, I wasn't going to go there. At least three nights where that was our case out there. In, in that is true. Um, I I was going to say it's because that's the only form of inter- of social engagement for so, people out there all the way in Anthem. So so here's like a picture but, that I'll I'll paint, and it's why I, I get kind yes, of, please, because the listeners probably have no idea what the fuck we're well, talking no. about because i don't think you've referenced Am- amped at okay all amped, amped out in anthem arizona is a coffee primarily a coffee shop but they also do live music and they have a beautiful stage that's built as almost like a, a focal point and mm. they have a little like balcony that overlooks uh but much like a coffee shop they have you know your little like four four seater tables equally spaced around the area um but the the picture i really wanted to paint is for a band like us who has like we're not hard rock, we're not aggressive, we're kind of in the middle of the road where and we have fans that don't <laughs> God, how to put this delicately. Uh they don't want to stand. It's okay, I won't be offended. They don't want to stay like if you give them an opportunity just to sit or be on the wall, that that's kind of what they want to do and it's not an offensive thing. It's just like we we're not making music for you to dance to, we're not making right. music for you to mosh to. So for bands, for avant-garde yeah. kind of bands or indie rock bands, it it becomes an optimistic point for me of like going to venues where you have high top seatings of groups of four that are paced around. And then let's be real. Like our draw, it's not like we were selling out venues, but Mm. you could easily sell at a venue when there's distancing involved. (laughs) So (laughs) when they only sell an eighth of the tickets, when you only allow 15 (laughs) people into the venue, then we can sell that out. Yes, probably. <laughs> um, I yeah, I will say uh, hype up your band a little bit for you know all the three uh, the I guess the me the future editor that's listening because everyone else has checked out at this point. Um, I will say that like your your band isn't like the band that you'd sit down like listening to like an orchestral performance. Like you you're not going to sit down and give it a hundred and ten percent of your attention. Um, you're also not going to be dancing, throwing people around, or moshing. But it's it's good, nice listening. I wouldn't call it background because I feel like that would almost be a negative connotation. But it's like music that like sets a scene. So like a lot of movies, a lot of the like scenes that are being set, a lot of the opening acts are, are driven by their their music, their musical score. I would say the music is your music is like that in a lot of regards, in that you paint a picture. But if I happen to zone out for a couple of seconds, I may lose a couple of lines of you know dialogue that's being thrown at me, but I'm not going to miss a picture. It's like because now I like to liken it back to our episodes. It's like. Your band is like a free form episode here where, you know, if you zone out and you miss a couple of, you know, minutes or something, you're not completely or, missing or out. Or like Whereas, if you're at a show and you are drunk and you fall asleep while leaning against a, uh, a fixture and, and, and get kicked uh, out. Um, a pillar and get kicked out after you guys performed, by the way. Okay. Um, Has that ever happened but, to you? <laughs> yes, it's the only time I've been kicked out of a bar since you're going to uh, blatantly uh, mention that. <sighs> but anyway, uh, it's way different than other bands that require like complete engagement, at, like last week's episode, in order to understand what's going on. And that's what I like about your guys's like music is that like I can sit here and I can listen to it, and I've listened to it a hundred times, and I'm still interested in listening to it. But if someone next to me asks a question or says something, I can respond and not feel like you can I'm still like, enjoy no, yourself while engaging. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell the person to shut the fuck up. I'm trying to listen to this music and enjoy it for uh, all of I'd it, also you know? think that we, as a performing group, aren't that band that beats you over the head with it, that does the... My pet peeve of watching a band is when the singer is screaming at you like, come on, and they try to make you clap your hands over the top of your head. And Yeah, like, I'm like... I, I'm not... We're I, not a participation no. band. We're not doing the hokey fucking pokey. In, we just want you to relax and listen and enjoy and as fact, opposed like, to... We've yeah. had people try to engage that way without prompting, and it yeah. never is good. Uh, I don't remember what song it was, but like it was people started clapping and they did that stereotypical uh, on the one and the three. Like, I think it was a uh, it was naloxone. And we also have a drummer who enjoys breaking up his beats. So he enjoys being anticipatory and doing things like slight. He does ghost notes pretty routinely. So he will well, he'll slide slip meter stuff. too. Yeah. And so like to watch a group try to stick with that one. And it's a punk song. So it's very easy to kind of keep going, you would think. But yeah, they screwed us up more than they, they are. You know, we were not in the same time signature at all by the time we got into it. Yeah, I also think like the that... only engagement. Oh, sorry. Oh no, you're fine. Uh, uh, the only engagement that like that we really give is usually like uh, myself and and John's wife. Whenever we like cheer at the end of a solo because we've heard the song a hundred times, we know when the solo ends, and we usually just like like woo or you know like you know stuff like that. But that's usually just because we're just being and because stupid. you want to get Sam's head big enough that she eventually tries to sabotage the band. Uh, I mean, that might be that might be your wife's, you know, like whole because the more thing, you applaud but... for her violin solos, the more power you give her, and that is a dangerous, I, dangerous I applaud, thing to do. I applaud all solos so that I eventually um, pressure Logan into doing his own bass solo. That is why I still have a paper at my house that has been signed by him that says bass solo. I thought that's because, <laughs> much like your bathroom, you just don't clean. No, I keep that specifically because I want to get drunk one night and bring it to a show and just yell drum solo at him as I've done in now, the past. Now, see, here's the funny thing is, uh, for those that are not familiar with our general canon, uh, the reason that we harangue Sam so much as a band is that it's akin to the Tinkerbell principle, is we have to kill her so that the clapping can bring her back to life. Uh, that's very fair. Yeah, so we every time that we get done with stuff, you know, her head starts to swell a little. We have to just, you know, Im, Im, oh my goodness, let out some steam. Yes, we also have to, you know, just propel sharp objects at her to the point that she's on the verge of death, and then the applause brings her right back to life. So it's it's a worthwhile endeavor. And if I may, you may not. Speaking of bringing Denied. back to life, can Thank we you. get a previously on my immortal? You most certainly can. So previously on My Immortal, we dealt with what was a a pretty compressed segment where Ebony and Draco uh, had a a bit of a blow up because she thought that he had cheated on her with the vampire Potter. And so in order to recover from this, she accosted vampire potter as we saw and then she went into the forbidden forest to come back to her senses and to grieve the loss of her burgeoning relationship only to be confronted by Vladimort. 
And we discovered that Southern Dandy Vlodmort asked her that she uh, needs to kill Mr. Draco. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I misspoke. God damn she- it, Shane. Mr. Vampire the, the Potter. The Vlodmort wants you to destroy the Vampire Potter, as is the conceit of the entire goddamn set of stories. And uh, if Ebony does not dispatch Vampire, then Vlodmort will dispatch young Draco Malfoy. And he gives ebony a gun (laughs) like you do because we don't have any curses or anything that will actually work for that i feel like they're just kind of doing like uh american school kind of system here and just giving everyone guns oh just just wait like that actually does that's a plot point well spoilers the author mentions it as a plot point spoilers We'll cover that actually today. Well, here's the joy of, I think, in looking back at this, My Immortal is essentially the drunk storytime version of Harry Potter. That's <laughs> that's what we have discovered. So, And we, we have given up on the, the deep analysis. We're just, yes, I believe we have. I mean, we'll make comments here and there, the but I, I, I don't think we can really... <laughs> Excuse me! I mean... We'll... As much a literary analysis as a freshman can, a freshman in high school can. He fumbles. You know. it, I, 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 uh, he... I, I read the book on Spark Notes, and so oh. I can give, you know, like that. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Chilton, he fumbles at your head like a freshman pulling at a panty girdle. And how? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you previously on, but I yeah, it was no, you sure there. did. The both of you did, so you can fuck yourselves. Woo! So now, uh. Ebony trying to come to terms with the fact that she has been told she must kill Vampire lest she lose Draco, she goes to band practice with her whatever the fuck, you know, good Charlotte slash My Chemical Romance slash Slipknot cover band. Uh, so Bloody Gothic Rose 666. Which is the very catchy title that they have uh, affixed to themselves. And uh, she is somewhat uh, unconsolable. And as she is unburdening her soul to Hermione Granger, otherwise known as B. Luddy Mary Smith, uh, she uh, unveils this and Draco emerges to find out that uh, this has uh, this proposition has been given. And thus he leaves crying and naturally she inconsolable practices for another hour <laughs> only to have the practice interrupted by Doombelador, who comes in to say and john would you care to reprise the line for me to put everyone in context ebony draco has been found in his room he committed suicide by slitting his wrists and now there we are <laughs> by the way trigger warning for wrist slitting or uh Slitting wristing or slit wristing, as Michael would say. Wrist slitting. Uh, slit wristing, I believe, slit is wristing. the yes, term that Michael <laughs> coined. Uh, but uh, so, for chapter 11, we yet again have the trigger warning for uh, wrist slitting and suicide. So, my apologies and condolences to all for the subject matter. Yeah. Also, I'm going to go ahead and give a warning uh, in case you haven't realized by now. We are not voice actors. So, well, speak for yourself, <laughs> sir. Okay. Why Shane, do you have to why do you have to preface one, that? Has someone has someone commented one on us? Third of us has experience with voice acting. We're not character men. One third of us. I'm just saying 
if some of these accents roll over each other, it's not. It's intent. No, it's intentional. I'm a genius. This is exactly what I meant. So uh, as we said, way. yeah. Are you are you talking about your your use of uh, the same accent for bloody uh, Mary? Smith? Uh, yeah, I'm talking because about it all. You. You rationalized that pretty well. Well, I rationalized that, that thank you. You're right. Fair enough. Fuck off. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, enough of the goddamn apologies before the sex. Yeah, I Listen, this always happens to me. (laughs) Let's let's proceed. So, welcome back, ladies and germaphobes, to the Disinformed Podcast presents My Immortal. Chapter 11. No! I screamed. I was horrified. B. Luddy Mary tried to comfort me, but I told her, fuck off, and I ran to my room, crying myself. Dumbledore chased after me, shouting, but he had to stop when I went into my room, because he would look like a perv that way. Anyway, I started crying tears of blood, and then I slit both of my wrists. They got all over my clothes, so I took them off and jumped into a bath angrily while I put on a Linkin Park song at full volume. I grabbed an S-T-E-A-K and almost stuck it into my heart to commit suicide. I was so fucking depressed. I got out of the bathtub and put on a black low-cut dress with lace all over it, sandly. I... I put on black high heels with pink metal stuff on the ends and six pairs of skull earrings. I couldn't fucking believe it. Then I looked out of the window and screamed. Snap was spying on me, and he was taking a videotape of me. And Lupin was masticating to it. They were sitting on their broomsticks. Ew, you fucking perv. Stop looking at me naked. Are you pedos or what? I screamed, putting on a black towel with a picture of Marilyn Manson on it. Suddenly, Vampire ran in. Abra, Kadavra. Vampire yelled at Snape and Lupin, pointing his womb. I took my gun and shot Snape and Lupin a gazillion times, and they both started screaming, and the camera broke. Suddenly, Dumbledore ran in. Ebony had been revealed that someone has nerve! Dumbledore shouted, looking at Snape and Lupin, and then he waved his wand, and suddenly, Hargrid ran outside on his broom and said, Everyone, we need to talk. What do you know, Hagrid? You're just a little Hogwarts student. I may be a Hogwarts student. Was I assigned something here? What's going on here? No. no I, oh, no. That's, his, that's his voice, I think. Hagrid's going to be ASMR. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> okay. I may be a Hogwarts student. Hargrid paused angrily. But I am also a Satanist. This cannot be. Snap said in a crisp voice as blood dripped from his hand where Dumbledore's wand had shot him. There must be other factors. You don't have any! I yelled in madly. Lupin held up the camera. Try you elephantly. The lens may be ruined, but the tape is still there. 
I felt faint, more than I normally do, like how it feels when you do not drink enough blood. Why are you doing this? Lupin said angrily while he rubbed his dirty hands on his cloak. And then I heard the words that I had heard before, but not from him. I did not know whether to feel shocked and happy, or to bite him and drink his blood because I felt faint. Because, because, Hargrid said, and he paused in the air, dramatically, waving his wand in the air. Then swooped he in, singing to the tune of a gothic version of a song by 50 Cent. Because you're gothic? Snap asked in a little afraid voice, because he was afraid. It meant he was connected with Satan. Because I love her! Sorry, I had to give you a save there, John, because I, I, you looked a bit stymied by the, the hard grid. And no, we're not no, doing I, ASMR here. Oh, man. I was <laughs> really excited for the irony of having the big guy have the quietest voice and, like, being uh, up in there. Especially says, because uh, Dumbledore is like, because you're a little Hogwarts student. And then literally having him just up on the mic the entire Because time. I love her. Yeah, like, you know. I, I mean, thought, you're more than welcome to retcon, Michael. Uh, no, you're, I, you're directing this clusterfuck, so. I, I yeah. like I like uh, Mike Myers being. You're welcome. Uh, I, I, I like Shrek being Hagrid. Hargrid. <laughs> as, as long as, like, if you want to take back over control of Hargrid, John, as long as you speak like him, that's fine. Um, no, because I think he I speaks like James a- Hargrid. Okay, he speaks a lot in the next chapter, so you might be sitting around not doing anything for a while if you want Shane to take over uh, I for think, Hargrid. I think you we, we got to service the role okay. rather than the individual. Fair so enough. So I feel like I was uh, outacted, and uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to live with that. Okay. I um, I will I f- update it from here on out that Shane will be Hargrid. Or Har- All right. <laughs> Fuck! I- now, Hagrid... <laughs> How can the title of the episode has to be that we all just bumblefuck talk over each other because this has been the most active we've all been. Um, so chapter twelve is is going to be a long one, right? Yes, mm-hmm. it's a pretty long one. Mm-hmm. So first, there are two things: one Shane should see coming, and the other he probably shouldn't. So let's talk about chapter eleven. What what happened there? Because that was a clusterfuck. Uh, so there was some, uh, voyeurism going on and, and, and um, uh, masticating, masticating. Yeah. Hey, listen, we all got to chew sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, I, I've been upset enough before that I would like to try and beat my heart to death with a juicy steak. Well, I she mean, didn't necessarily say that it was raw, so it could, I mean, I, if it, she could have had, you know, tried to get some a one steak sauce out of herself, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. It's how steak gets done. She also could be making a comment onto the American system of eating way more meat than is uh, initially expect or uh, than is healthy. Um, you know, eventually c- considering to commit suicide by ingesting too much cholesterol. <laughs> She's going to kill herself with heart <laughs> disease eventually. <laughs> Aren't we all? It's reasonable. <laughs> that, I I just pulled that out of my ass, and I'm I'm happy for that. That that's pure literary analysis right there. I tell you well, what, it's funny because normally you're putting things in there. So yeah, I know. I'm, I'm yeah, proud of you. I, I'm proud of myself too. 
I didn't think I could do it. You little gaping glory hole of a gothic fuck you. So so Snap and Lupin are are looking in on her. She accuses them. Dumbledore runs in. Firstly, she's trying to kill herself because Draco tried to kill himself. So this is not melodramatic at all. And now (laughs) she's gotten out of a bath and decides to dress up again because you can't kill yourself if you're a vampire. And in the act of, you know, clothing herself after, I love that she said she was putting on all of this clothing and we have now gotten the full spectrum and gamut of bullshit that's sold by the Hot Topic and none of us cares, but we're getting their fucking fall catalog read out loud to us. And then she's like, and then I had to put my towel back on. I'm like, where did those clothes go? You just described it. You were fucking putting on for three paragraphs here, and all of a sudden you're naked again. What the fuck's going on? I think she was choosing out her wardrobe oh, and was I saying see. what she was about to wear. Don't and we all then... lay our clothing out. Mm-hmm. What are you, a fucking exactly. ebony apologist? <laughs> Apparently. He is ebony, so I mean, the simulacrum has taken over Michael's brain. <laughs> Sure, I like that now. I will try and defend her actions to the best of my mental capacity. Good luck. Yeah, that's that's Now, Shane, Shane, can you guess the second thing? Uh, that No, I can't guess the second thing. I have to pee. Motherfuck. Okay. 2 hours later. I also love that we've we're all gone crazy based on the fact that this thing oscillates back between Hargrid and Hagrid and Hargrid and Hagrid enough that just... It, honestly, <sighs> because I'm going to... Uh, you know what? No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll keep this back in now. But um, it was a concerted effort of my own to keep his name spelled correctly um, for the, the person like in, the, in bold. Um, the only person that I actually changed their name was Vampire because I think I just started it and I forgot to keep it hairy. So I just was like, fuck it. Um, but everyone else, their names are spelled correctly 100% of the time. Um, just because, like, I don't know, I'm a, I'm weird about that. But if it's in... You're a satinist? Yes. I'm a, a you satin. You are a perfect satinist. So, yes. uh, there. should I read the note that is yeah, affixed to the beginning yes, of Yes, uh, I included because I felt it was important enough to include, and that will be included in the reading, because it was, okay. it was a major character deviation from the actual canon. So, according to the note, before we begin chapter 12, which also continues to have the trigger warning for the slit wristing, uh, Tara addresses her reason behind Hagrid being a student in an author's note at the beginning of this chapter, reading, Stop, F, comma, A-I-N-G, okay, Hagrid is a pedo, the number two, a lot of P-P-L in American, American spelled with a K, schools spelled S-K-O-O-L-Z, it's very difficult to read this like it's a fucking text message. So how about uh, how about just Hargrid uh, is a pedo to a lot of people in American schools or like that I want to address the issue. <laughs> but issue is I S H U. That one's important. Jesus. How do you know NO snap <laughs> I ain't Christian plus Hargrid isn't really love with Ebony that was Cedric okay. 
all of the author's notes read like that, which is why I did not include them at the beginning and at some Thank of the you. ends. Yes. Okay. Let's call back real quick to Michael's uh, Michael's episode that introduced this just profound work of literary nonsense. <laughs> that was a good description for it. So, Michael, when you originally presented this, at some point you speculated whether or not you thought this was a hundred percent satirical and, and done by someone that wasn't touched. There is debate amongst scholars of this literary text, which is the most sophisticated I'll describe of it. That and we're using that word very loosely. Literary. Oh, all those yeah. words as loose as anyway. Um, woohoo! Um, there is debate amongst people that have read this that this is either a work of fic- uh, of um, someone that is mentally touched or a complete satire. I am of the opinion that it is satire only because, and I will mention it in the chapter when we get to it, uh, she mentions people from books that, or from shows, or, or from, what is it, books, I, uh, in, intellectual, I, yes, yeah, yeah, from content, intellectual properties that are only in books and not movies. Specifically, she mentions Tom Bombadil. She calls um, Tom Riddle Tom Bombadil. Uh, <laughs> so just just judging the reason I bring this up. Yes, I would like to hear your, your thoughts on it too. And we could. This is actually this would probably be the most important discussion that we could have in a literary context. We don't have to analyze it. And but I'm I not know trying to just. I know we have a big chapter to get through, so I'm not trying to put the blocks up. Um, but just that author's note alone before we get into chapters twelve, the way that it's or written, and the fact that Shane stumbles upon it so. Like, it's impossible to just read it. Like, you have to see exactly how it's written. Yeah. It's too intentional. Like, it's it's not someone that's unintelligent, I don't think. It's someone, it's it's a troll. Maybe it's, maybe it's because I'm a troll now, guys. Maybe that's why I... <laughs> it's a, it, you, ha- you bring a uh, unique viewpoint to it that wasn't uh, previously approached like, to. Like, who the fuck spells issue I-S-H-U? Okay, that's why. Okay, um, you were hung up on I was going to say that. someone who. Now, if you look at, now, I'm going to sound like such an old fucker here, but in the quote unquote like posting that you see these days and text speak, a lot of things are written out phonetically, and it's kind of a weird shorthand. So that to me doesn't scream intellect. That just screams that someone actually has never seen that word written and is attempting to write it that way. And but and you do have to approach it from the time period that this was written, which is interesting because you only really do that for like books that have been written like hundreds plus yeah. years ago. But right. this was the early beginning of the internet. This was written in I believe two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, so you do have a lot of text like speech like that that is written very phonetically and you will see that also shane uh in later chapters when her editor raven um disappears for a moment um i was thinking about including that sort of fight in the in author's notes i was i was thinking of including those author's notes but i didn't really want to i'll probably just bring those up when we get to it uh because there is a sharp decline in the quality and spelling of her uh chapters 
And you could okay. tell, you could essentially tell that this editor, if this editor was a thing, was an actual important quality. And so it's kind of like the quality okay. control, basically, for the material getting out is that uh, yes. the Tara is the idea person, and basically she's filtering everything through her friend. And she doesn't know how to spell; she spells everything phonetically because there's. I I, I wrote down sarcastically, which is not anything what you'd expect it spelled. It was written completely phonetically, and it. It doesn't look like I, it, but it pronounces like it. There is a lot here that does lend sort of credulity to the idea that this is purely satirical. I yes. will agree with you on a lot of that. And then there is a lot of it that is contrary <laughs> to that in or, you know, contrary specifically because it's just so bizarre. But, yeah. you know, uh, I'm also we're talking about presumably there's a difference in gender here. There's a difference in interest so you know i might be so old that this has passed me by and i just don't have any you know way to relate to this appropriately just because a lot of the emotional touchstones or the things pop culturally aren't my era so yeah because you were already you had already graduated college by this time, yes right? i was yes. you know a good you know two to three years out of college by the time this is making yeah. its rounds so Okay, well, I think that is enough preamble to uh, to give us a, a foundation. Yeah. yeah, and thank you for letting me. Uh, oh you know, yeah, kind of oh, tangent on that. That is more important than our bullshitting literary analysis. Without like, question, it's it's more of an actual opinion on how this was written, and that's like if we just talk about that between ep- chapters, that would be. The, I would prefer that hundred percent. Chapter twelve. Trigger warning. Slit wristing. Okay, I assume we're. Oh man, this so much random text. Yes, I see it. Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't give. In my head, as I'm looking at it, I'm just like, okay, good. That's where I'm starting. Chapter twelve. I was about to slit my wrists again with the silver knife that Drago had given me in case anything happened to him. He had told me to use it valiantly against an enemy, but I knew that we must go together. No! I thought that was hair grid, but it was vampire. He started to scream. OMFG, no! My scar hurts! And then his eyes rolled up. You could only see his red whites. Then I stopped. How did you know? I saw it. And my scar turned back into the lightning bolt. No! I ran up closer. I thought you didn't have a scar anymore. I shouted. I do, but Diabolo changed it into a pentagram for me, and I always cover it up with foundation. Vampire said back. Anyway, my scar hurt, and it turned back into the lightning bolt. Save me! Then I had a vision of what was... Oh, that was... Nope, that's just not a space. Wait... No, that's still that's still text. That's still oh, the vampire. That's still you. Wow, this has happened. Oh, it's finally happened. I'm telling you, man, it's it's rough. Shit's difficult to get through. Anyway, my scar had to turn back into the lightning bolt. Save me! Then I had a vision of what was happening to Draco. Wolfmort has him bondage. Anyway, I was in the school nurse's wait, office. Now wait, wait, recover- oh, oh, whoa, bro! Nope, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> Got too excited uh, there, bro. Oh Jesus! Okay. 
Wolfmort uh, just threw everybody through a loop, I'm sure. Mm. Michael, I'm sorry. You are going to get to edit the ever-loving shit out of this. So. Uh, future, future me when he makes the, the whole thing edit. That's that's when I will probably edit this out. I'll probably oh, keep this good. for the episode. Oh, fun. Well, yeah. yes. uh, my apologies future, future to all me. you discerning listeners here who actually want some coherency of the narrative. Fuck cohesion. Right. <laughs> you haven't made it this right. far in cohesion. All right. All right. Wolfmart has him bondage. Anyway, I was in the school nurse's office now, recovering from my slit wrists. Snap and Loppin and Harid were there too. They were going to St. Mango's after they recovered because they were pedophiles, and you can't have those fucking pervs teaching in a school with lots of hot girls. Dumbledore has constipated the sidio camera they took of me naked. I put up my middle finger at them. Anyway... Hargrid came into my hospital bed holding a bouquet of pink roses. Enderby, I, I, I need to tell you something, he said in a V-serious voice, giving me the roses. Fuck off! You know I hate the color pink anyway, and I don't like fucked up preps like you. I snapped. Hargrid had been mean to me before being gothic. No, Enderby, those are not roses, Hargrid says. What? Are they goths too, you poser prep? I asked because I was angry that he had brought me pink roses. I saved your life, he yelled angrily. No, you didn't, I replied. Yes, she included the I replied in the quotation marks. As an author. I'm, I'm giving a Michael's author's okay, note there because cool. it's, it's relevant. There. <laughs> You saved me from getting a Paris Hilton P video made from your shower scene and getting viewed by Snap and Lupin. Who masturbated <laughs> C is that spelt wrong to it, he added silently. Whatever. Fuck me, this is devolved. <laughs> so I have to say, the who masturbated <laughs> is in large font and spelt M-A-S-T-A-B-A-T-E-D. And, and then followed by a parenthetical that says, the letter C is D-A-T-Dat spelled S-P-E-L-D wrong R-O-N-G. Again, lending to my theory that yes. this is super intentional. But at the same time, <laughs> I have seen some... You forget, I have actually had to grade high school students' English papers, and I have seen things very similar to this from individuals who I can assure you do not have the intellectual capacity to realize they were being funny. So... <laughs> I thought you were going to make it even... even uh, more elegantly put, that don't have the intelligence to put it ironically. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> appropriate. So, uh, okay, so that was the note that we had there. So now Ebony has said, whatever. Whatever! I yelled angrily. He pointed his wand at the pink roses. These are roses! <laughs> he suddenly looked at them with an evil look in his eye and muttered, well, if you wanted honesty... That's all you had to say. That's not a spell. That's an MCR song. I corrected him wisely. Oh, no. I was just warming up my vocal cordis. Then he screamed. 
Petulus Maringo Micralicli Marancio for all you cool golfic MCR fan out there. That's a tribute specifically for Raven. I love you, girl. Amanonoto Okeo! And then the roses turned into a huge black flame floating in the middle of the air, and it was black. Now I knew he wasn't a prep. Okay, I believe you. Now WTF is Draco! Hairgrid rolled his eyes. I looked into the balls of flame, but I could see nothing. You see, Enabi. Dumbledore said, watching the two of us watching the flame. To see which isn't the flames. Haha, <laughs> you reviewers, flames, get it? You must find yourself first, okay? I have found myself okay, you mean old man! Hergrid yelled. Doomba-Lidor looked shocked. I guess he didn't have a headache or else he would have said something back. Hergrid stormed off, back into his bed. You're a liar, Professor Dumbledore! Anyway, when I got better, I went upstairs and put on a black leather mini dress that was all ripped on the ends with lace on it. There was some corset stuff on the front. Then I put on black fishnets and black high-heeled boots with pictures of Billy Joe Armstrong on them. I put my hair all out around me so I look like Samara from The Ring. If you don't know who she is, you're a prep for fuck off. And I put on blood-red lipstick, black eyeliner, and black lip gloss. You look kawaii, girl. B-Luddy Mary said, sadly. Fangs, get it? You do too. I said sadly, too, but I was still upset. I slit both of my wrists, feeling totally depressed, and I sucked all the blood. I cried again in my bathroom and put the shades on so Snap and Lupin couldn't spy on me this time. I went to some classes. Vampire was in the hair of magical magical creatures. (laughs) Fuck me. Mystical, mythical, fuck him a mystical. Magical, magic. Okay. Vampire was in the hair of magical, magic creatures. He looked all depressed because Draco had disappeared, and he had used to be in love with Draco. He was sucking some blood from a Hufflepuff. Hi, he said in a depressed way. Hi, back. I said in a wookwally said way. (laughs) We both looked at each other for some time. Harry had beautiful red gothic eyes so much like Draco's. Then we jumped on each other and started screwing each other. Stop it now, you horny simpletons, shouted Professor McGarnagle, who was watching us. And so was everyone else. Vampire, you fucker! I said, slapping him. Stop trying to screw me! You know I love Draco! I shouted, and then I ran away angrily. Just then, he started to scream. OMFG, no! My scars! And then his eyes rolled up. You could only see his red whites. No! I ran up closer. I thought you didn't have a scar anymore. I shouted. 
I do, but Diabolo changed into a pentagram for me, and I always cover it up with foundation, he said back. Anyway, my scar hurt, and then I had a vision of what was happening to Draco. Wolfmart has him bondage! Did we just read the same fucking chapter again? Yes. She she put it in twice. Yes. Okay, so that wasn't a you mistake. That, that was a her mistake. As far as I'm aware, I'm 99% certain that was a her mistake. I can't oh. copy paste. Um, I have to type everything out individual, uh, like by hand. You're transcribing <clears throat> it, yeah. Yes, I can't copy paste from fanfiction.net. Oh so, my god! So that's that... why it's not done yet because I have to type it yeah. by hand oh, okay. and make sure well. I have the typos correct. I think it goes without saying that that's where we leave off. Yes, uh, well, yes. because I, I figured I... as much when you closed your laptop. <laughs> I, I that. That chapter was probably the most harrowing experience I've had on podcasting. Well, I mean, <laughs> just like Volthmort, we are all, you know, have ourselves in bondage. Volthmort has <sighs> him bondage. Volthmort has him bondage. I'm trying to, like, find something that it reminds me of as far as, like, a lead up and then a sharp left. Mescaline. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like that is officially the moment in this narrative where the rug gets pulled out from under you, and not because of plot points, but because of the dr- drastic change in writing. Yeah, like, and that's the hard part about doing the uh, the audiobook for this. Is you that, will never know the pain that you're enduring to get this right. Yeah, that I mean, I imagine you'll you'll put this aside for people that unfortunately or that are unfortunate enough to want it, Michael. Oh yes, yes, I will do a supercut of this. No, I mean like the script. Oh, uh, I put once a link once you're done with it. Yeah, the link uh, for oh, the oh, fanfiction. Oh, oh, the, the actual script, like what I transcribed for, for us. Sure, yeah. that's that's fine. I do have. I did put a link um, for the actual episode, uh, episode twenty-five, um, that does link to the original. Well, not the original, the repost right. of this. Okay. Um, I will also say uh, because I did double check it. Uh, episode 12 was not edited by the editor, uh, Raven, um, because I'm looking at the very, very end of it, and it says, special fangs to Raven, my gothic blood sister, WTF-er supposed to writ this, with a bunch of ones, and then, hey, Raven, do you know where my sweater I? So that begins the, um, subplot that happens outside of the, of the actual book where, um... Tara Tara has stolen a poster from Raven and Raven stole her sweater. So they get into a fight for the next couple of chapters and the it, it the shows. quality drops dramatically. Yes. Oh, yes. And okay. so so Michael, do you want to kind of like recap what happened in chapter 12? I have blotted that out from my uh, so essentially like she has like a one-on-one with Har, uh, Hargrid because Hair-grid. I'm just Hair, hair grid, hard grid. Hair um, for days. Uh, the one who apparently is a student who doesn't teach the hair of magical magic creatures. Um, and essentially he proves to himself that, uh, he proves to Ebony that he is not a, a fucking poser. Uh, poser By prep. turning pink flowers into black flowers. And quoting a um, MCR, MCR song. song. Yeah. Yes, yes. But he, um, only, he only quotes the end of it. Like, 
the whole spell and then the last part after the parenthetical is when he does the callback to mcr and the rest of it before i I, sorry and and that's why there's an audible me saying oh my dear god before shane had to bluster through that and even more so i am so glad that shane outcast or or like i got outcasted because i would not have been able to handle this chapter from an asmr or otherwise perspective so yeah yeah uh, hats off to shane for uh taking our leading man i i believe i threw myself on the grenade for that one more than anything uh you threw yourself on the actual like landmine when you wanted to be the narrator and i say because i'm not the narrator that was the best decision that uh, that any of us i never made yes yes (laughs) So, uh, well, gentlemen, I, I'm not going to try to prolong this madness any longer, but I discovered something today amongst my list of hypotheticals that I'm going to Ooh. read and it requires not a very long discussion at all. It's just funny. And John, you will chuckle at this immensely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it. you meet your soulmate. However, I fuck there's her. a catch. I can't fuck her. Uh, you can't. That's I've met you. I know that. <laughs> However. There's a catch. Every three years, someone will break both of your soulmate's collarbones with a crescent wrench. <laughs> and there is only one way that you can stop this from happening. You must swallow a pill that makes every song you hear for the rest of your life sound as if it's being performed by the band Alice in Chains. When you hear Creedence Clearwater Revival on the radio... It will sound to your ears like it's being performed by Alice in Chains. If you see Radiohead live, every one of their tunes will sound like it's being covered by Alice in Chains. If you sing to yourself in the shower, your voice will sound like deceased Alice vocalist Lane Staley performing a cappella. But it will only sound this way to you. Would you swallow the pill? How long does that last for? Uh, that's basically the rest of your life, because essentially your soulmate every so, three years has someone show up to break their collarbone. And that med- <laughs> that pill lasts for three years. I imagine no, no, the no. pill, you just have to, it's forever, no, the so rest it's, of your so life. It's either, so essentially the pill is the cure. So yes. like you take you take the pill and then your soulmate doesn't get her collarbones crushed in every oh, three years. Every three gotcha. years, yeah. So essentially, it's, it's altruism. Like you're you're you know you're yes. you're saving you're saving her from that pain. Now I counter it with, what if you and her just come into an agreement where you get to be the one that cracks your collarbones every three years? I would say that it's probably you're then breaking the collarbones that were broken already because that is going to happen regardless. Uh, yeah, so, if we're living I, I, if we're living in a magical world where that pill's going to fix that, then I imagine there should be a pill out there. That's gonna like make it so that she's not gonna be horribly deformed for the rest of her life. So I'm just gonna let her take it for the team. Ah, I see. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, it... like it all depends on how long is she out. Like if she's out, like you know, two years, and she has lasting damage from all that, then uh. But two like, years out, one year in. If yeah. she just has to take you know a couple of weeks, a couple of sick days, you know, just so you know she can heal in the hospital. <laughs> if we're going in the Harry Potter world where you can regrow bones with some sort of like you know material that you can just inject into them, you then, just you know, gotta sing an MCR song while so waving I, your womb. So what? I, I understand why it's a hypothetical because it, it makes you question what's worse. Um, you know, hearing Lane Staley nonstop with no break or, or palate cleansing mm-hmm. or seeing someone that you love in intense pain. 
And I'll counter with, I mean, there's a reason that Lane Staley uh, overdosed to death is, was to get away from his own voice. Oh, um, fuck off. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I was going to say, woo. when I read this, I was chuckling to myself because I was like, you know, I actually might want to live in a world where I have to hear what Alice in Chains would do for every song ever I, written. I can't remember. Rocket Man would sound ridiculous if it was covered by Alice I in Chains. I can't remember what he sounds like. The, uh, I know this has no. You're fired, Michael. No, well, I can't remember like that. Who's that? Wasn't hired. Wasn't hired. But I don't know why. But the when you said that the like I was assuming annoying voices, and the first thing that came to mind was Cranberry's zombie. Um, I happen when, to really enjoy Lane Staley's vocal stylings. Thank I you, love her, so. but not... when when she sings zombie <laughs> and, and also... she does the. Uh, 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 uh. Dolores is dead as well. I know. So that, now we're yes, just beating uh, dead is, horses here. We've already we've already talked about a famous like musician that has already died very very recently. Okay, we talked about Neil Peart earlier. Okay, I know that she died either okay. earlier this year or it was okay. late last it was year, mid last year. Okay, cool. Okay, so and that's why like I mean I like the cover that what Bad Wolves did of of Zombie, but anyway, I. Don't mind Crant, or I don't mind the, I don't mind her voice. The, the just the way that zombie is sung, where she, uh, Michael, does have to do with the question? That was the first thing that came to mind because I was like, okay, the hypothetical must be assuming that Alice and Changes like the singer is has an obnoxious voice, and so that was the first thing that came okay. to mind. Let's. Let's and simplify I'm this Michael. before we yeah. <laughs> let's let's simplify this before we put this. I got heated. I'm sorry. Baby to bed. Why let's just go with out. This, let's just go with the simple. Let's go around the table <sighs> and just with no just pill or no pill. Yes, Shane. I'm taking the pill. No pill. Pill. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, Zombie. Becky officially has three years until her collarbones are getting bust. Nope, I'm going to come over tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that was uh, a good one. That was a really yeah, good one. I, oh, there are plenty of other marvelous ones in the it was, uh, the run of these, so we'll we'll appreciate them, I'm yeah, sure. But it was very I unique. I wasn't joking either, and I, I can start working on something, but I do feel like Shane has a better mind for this. If you do want to start mixing hypotheticals with fuck Mary and, kills, and fuck Mary kills. Okay, give me one. No, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. saying I don't have any. Wait, I, I, I insist you need I, to give me one. I, okay, I, I so... got one. I got one. A whole, okay. uh, unless you want to pull one out of your ass, I nope, got a stupid no, one. Okay, no. all right. Doctor Phil, Maury, or um, Jerry Springer, fuck Mary kill. Go. I fuck them all and kill myself. <laughs> and... I saw it before you could get to it, John. Oh, you know what? That's the episode end. <laughs> <laughs> is this a fade out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think this is a fade out because I I I'm speechless. You oh yeah, be- since since we're not gonna you know hype up our our social media because some someone doesn't want to do that anymore. You know, it'd be even more fun if like you let Shane start to do the spiel and right before he gives the URL, <laughs> just you just abruptly end the episode. <laughs> I did actually enjoy the fact that you stopped the music to let me rant for the last week's episode. That I was, was much appreciated. so proud of that. It I'm like, good. no, this needs to happen because I, I listening through them, I've been very impressed that we always start our outro about 20 seconds, bef- like after 
the outro music starts. Like, it almost sounds like it's like a, it starts playing. Okay, we need to wrap this up. Like it, it feels like you, it's scripted. You put the but it's outro. Not. Music I was gonna say, in, Michael, you're, so. you're God with the. Uh, I know, ants and you have the magnifying. I glass. don't have to cut anything. I just okay. Put it right there, and it 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 works. It's it's great. Anytime we're like, all right, we're gonna end it here. It's about the same because it's usually just you chilling our social media. So now I don't know when I'm gonna start putting the outro music for this <laughs> um, because. You're not going to shill the social media, so that's... I feel like, he's, I feel like Michael's <laughs> You're staring talking, into my soul. I feel like Michael's talking past the fade-out. I've been asking for a fade-out for 40 fucking episodes. And, and I, you're not I, getting it. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I will intentionally... just going to keep talking until we're both dead. I will intentionally not fade out. Well, I really hope that I never have to endure the goddamn tedium of you on a witness stand trying to <laughs> recuse yourself of some accusation. Because Jesus Christ, Michael, they'd just shoot you to make it stop. They would, they would uh, quit me. Before I, it can't seem to acquit you, it does not fit. And um, with Shane lubing up his hand to jack off on the Michael's eager face, neck, and chest, mm, so eager. Are you gonna let me take the ending here, Shane? You're you no, no, in? no. I'm just. I I was trying to have a moment of silence so that I can actually recalibrate here. Oh, <laughs> but instead I've got Captain up here. Well, I, uh, in the course of human history, no one's ever encountered the you know small testicles that I have. And I'll tell you what, I found them on the side of the road, and my mother got them from a small gentleman who was German. I think he was German. He was from a small town. Luxembourg. Well, you see, we Clarks were and... a proud race. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, ladies and germaphobes, I am very sorry that you've had to endure this for yet another week. And we might all be dead. We might all kill each other by the time we get to the next episode. But for episode 41 and for my dear departed co-hosts, for the Disinformed Podcast, I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. Thank you all for coming. Don't worry. Hair Grid will clean it up.